0: Hi!
1: Welcome to An Absolute Gag. It's the podcast where I like to talk to people about the moments or performances that left them speechless. I'm Tommy Bullington, and hey, let's get going, because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is my guest my guest is incredible today, and we had the best conversation, so I don't want to cut into any more time. I want to get to the interview ASAP, so enough of my yapping. But uh, my guest today is such an incredible, incredible human and performer. I adore him so, so much. He's an actor, improviser, uh, drag performance artist. Uh, he is a cast member and host of the Geek House that performs uh that used to perform, you know, before pandemic at Berlin. And uh now they're doing some incredible digital drag shows. I cannot say enough wonderful things about this human that I just I just I fucking I fucking love him. He's so great. My guest today is Connor Kahns and his uh gag is very unique and he's definitely going to be the only one who is ever going to suggest this. (laughs) It's so good. I cannot wait to dive into it. So let's go ahead and get moving. Before we get to that, let's go ahead and talk about our Charity Focus of the Week. Our charity focus of the week brought to us by our guest, Connor Cons, is the Chicago Black Drag Council. The Chicago Black Drag Council is a Black LGBTQ led organization that intends to connect and support not only drag performers, but all parts of the community. It is motivated By fostering a sense of togetherness, as well as identifying and completing actionable steps towards restorative justice. They empower other entities passionate about supporting their community and who understand that together they can create something greater than themselves. Channeling their responsibility as artists, the Chicago Black Drag Council actively advocates for an anti racist future. Oh my So that's like uh, that mission statement alone is just so incredible and so great. Uh, this uh, this council was formed to really correct uh, some some unfortunate wrongs that exist within the uh, nightlife community, uh, drag performers, burlesque dancers, all of these uh, really fabulous artists that felt. Um, that felt like there needed to be some more equity in the community and deservedly so. And so they created this council. There's so many incredible artists who are part of this council. Uh, They are just some of the best within the city of Chicago. And I really appreciate that they took this time of uh, pandemic and social justice to really uh, emphasize their desire more to make sure that when the scene comes back, when the nightlife scene comes back and these performers are back on stage just performing, that it is deservedly an equitable playing field for everyone and that those who are showcasing some um, less than desirable <laughs> attitudes towards these performers are not included that we need to uh, erase them uh, from the community and, and keep it, keep it, um, keep it for everyone. Jesus Christ. I don't know. Like how simple is that to just say Um, they are incredible. They're so great. There's um, ways that you can like support, Uh, You can take their, they have a survey on their website uh, that's about racial equity surveying. Uh, So that's just completing, uh, they're compiling some data to understand the discrimination that is happening within LGBTQ neighborhoods. Um, Report an incident. Uh, You can report something that you might have witnessed or been a part of, Uh, you know, report racism, transphobia, or other incidents. Uh, that would require the Drag Council's attention because um, they will definitely stand for you and fight for you, and they're incredible. Uh, and then there's also the section that says Open Your Purse, uh, where you can support the the Chicago Black Drag Council in offering paid opportunities to Black entertainers by donating to the GoFundMe page, supporting the upcoming Black Valentine virtual show series, which actually just completed, but they are always accepting um, some donations to really make this organization like stronger and better and be able to, like I said, be prepared for when we come back, uh, the nightlife community comes back, they can come back stronger and better than ever. So, so I'm obsessed with this. This is incredible. Uh, Connor and I have had the pleasure of working with some of the people as a part of this council, I mean, most famously, uh, the goddess, the icon, the everything, Miss Lucy Stuhl, who is, is such a lovely energy and like such a presence, and I'm I'm, so, I'm such a fan of her, and um, uh, one of Connor's uh, fellow hosts and members of Geek House, uh, Joe Mama. Also is a huge part of the Chicago Black Drag Council, uh, who, again, icon, legend. We love Joe Mama. (laughs) And where I stand, we love them. Uh, So if you want to help out the Chicago Black Drag Council, you can go to their website at www.chicagoblackdragcouncil.org. And there you can find out more information about them. You can also follow them on Instagram because I know a lot of their stuff is done via social media. Their Instagram handle is Chicago Black Drag Council. I highly recommend going to follow them so that you can stay up to date on what they're doing, how you can help. Um, you can find out up to the minute information there. So uh, definitely follow them. Uh, so this is incredible. Thank you so much, Connor, for bringing this to the podcast. Uh, they, it's it's a great, it's a great and and important organization that um, I'm so excited to help support, and I want to help support even more and down the line. Definitely, just continue to support them. So that is our charity focus of the week. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to hop into the interview, because there's a lot to cover. I will let you know it's a long one, and it should be long, because we just had so much fun, and it's such a great interview, so I I encourage you to set aside the time to really listen to this, because we start talking about something, we start talking about things that are not, t- like, that are not the topic, but absolutely needed to be addressed. And, <laughs> and for people who know me, uh, there's. A, I found out some information about Connor that I had to ask them about. <laughs> I'm so glad he humored me and gave me some insight into this. Ugh, you're going to love it. So let's not wait any longer. Let's toss it over to my interview with Connor Cons and his... Absolute God! welcome back to the pod this is episode 26 and oh it's time to geek out because my guest today oh 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 do i adore him listen you have seen him in stages around the chicagoland area he is an actor improviser, drag performer. You can see him at Berlin with the Geek House whenever they perform those variety shows. Listen, doing cosplay, doing cosplay, and the makeup is incredible. But most of all, just the sweetest human being. Please welcome to the pod, God or God! <laughs> Hello, everybody. So happy to be here. I'm so happy you are here. Listen, we did an event right before
0: <laughs> the world shut down. <laughs> did we ever? An event that was so fun and something that I was like, this thing I think is going to be something that keeps going for a while. Yes, and I think we're going to get better and better and better at yeah. it. I can't wait to see where it goes. Uh, right into the ground is where it went. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this is that was the first time I had met you, and. There are some times where, like, you meet a fellow artist and you just are like, Oh, I get you. Like, I like you. And you are so funny and so talented and just like really smart and organized, which
0: is not,
1: <laughs> which usually does not happen with like talented people. Okay. Drag
0: them. Drag the talented people. <laughs> well, <No>. they, <laughs> I think, I think what it really is, I mean, thank you for all of those words. I think I'm just very easily frustrated. so i'm like well look if it's not done this way then i'm gonna get frustrated so i'm just trying to give myself a good life so i'm gonna go ahead and uh, you're not gonna do it the way i want here we go i'll do it
1: but you know what thank god (laughs) thank god you're easily frustrated because it makes life for uh numbskulls like myself much easier
0: (laughs) well it's like yeah, if if the if the machine is not running correctly, it like ceases to be fun for me because yeah. then I'm like, oh no, we need to fix that thing because then it won't be fun for anybody else. I think a lot of other people are like, oh yeah, I don't give a shit about any of that. I'm like, oh, oh god, it's, what a life to live.
1: It's so like truly, it's just like there are sometimes, especially with um not to lump everybody else into the same thing.
0: Lump them. <laughs>
1: But, you know, sometimes with drag performers, it's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they, they're not very prompt. And <laughs> and like, it's kind of, you know, flying by the seat of your pants and stuff. So it's just nice to always have that human that's like, this is how we're going to do it. And this is what it's going to be. And the rest of us are like,
0: cool. <laughs> well, I think so often, like, drag is not um, a collaborative art form. No. And most and a lot of, especially theater, right, yeah. or any other sort of live performance is frequently collaborative. And I think drag more and more is becoming that. But a lot of like drag queens are, I'm the one woman show. I'm the self-sufficient. The show starts when I get there. Right. And so it's like, they don't have to be prompt because they're the whole thing. Uh, but when you start working with each other, you're like, wait, that doesn't um, quite work the same way
1: uh i have to talk to you about something and i messaged you about this and i emailed you about this and i'm so excited (laughs) so before i have somebody on i obviously like even though i might know them personally i'm like i want to get to know like more about them so do a little google search do a little resume search uh you (laughs) you were on a reality show Yes. As a child. <laughs> hmm I was. Called Endurance Fiji. This was... Yes. What
0: season was this of the Endurance franchise? Um, this was season six, and um, the season that it got canceled. Oh, really? You were the <laughs> <Yeah>. season? <laughs> we were the final season. Uh, as much as the fans were clamoring for an Endurance All-Stars, they're never watching. <laughs> so basically...
1: This is wild. This is one of those moments where, like, I see something and it just immediately triggers. Uh, So this was through Discovery Kids. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: there was a time where NBC, Saturday mornings, were Discovery Kids. And that was the show. And I was like, I have seen this show. And I don't know if it was your season or not. I can't remember. But, because I've smoked a lot since then. But...
0: And it's like if you were, I, I feel like they're all just like sweaty generic teens. <laughs> if you like did remember, I would be like, why, what, why do you have such an attachment there? Um,
1: yeah. I'm concerned.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but so it's Survivor for like teens, right? I mean,
0: basically, uh, yes. Except like you know, less of the. It's more of like okay, it's like. Um, field day or like some sort of um you know children's competition just that happens to be on a deserted island like we were fed we they provided us shelter like uh um, yeah. but we did have to you know fight each other and try and make each other cry how
1: did you get on this show like what happened
0: so the i mean how much time do you have i don't know how long that episode is so actually, my sister was also on the show. You're kidding? I am not. So my sister was on the second season, and um, she was eliminated the first episode. Really? So she, yeah, she got the pork chop. <laughs> and, um, I guess we had known someone like in I'm from the Houston area, so we had known somebody who f- from Houston who was on the first season. Okay. And my sister was like. I don't know felt some sort of rivalry with that girl because they were always like going out for the same things or whatever and so she was like well I'm gonna get on this show too and my sister did and then she went home the first episode (laughs) so then my mom was like well like they're doing casting for endurance again like do you want to try and do it and I was like yeah because we watched the show and so I auditioned probably like Four times. Really?
1: Oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Like, I wanted to be on this you show. You were the
1: Tina then, Burner of <laughs> endurance. Yes.
0: <laughs> yes, I was. And then, yeah, finally, like, the year before I, like, aged out. Yeah. Because, yeah, they'll be, they're will they like, you're too old to come to this baby <laughs> island. The year before, I got the call, and they were like, you know, we want to, um, you know, bring you on the show or whatever. And the past, like, three or four seasons had been, like... In California somewhere. Yeah, like just kind of like in a natural park. Yeah,
1: somewhere. like desert island, like desert areas and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: And they were like, well, we've been saving money because we want to do a big season. We're gonna fly you and one chaperone <laughs> out to Fiji. <laughs> and I was like, um e- yes, <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> um, so we got like a little free vacation, and I honestly like didn't care about this show like at all. <laughs> I was like, this would be cool. I'll get to be on TV. Like, I'll get a free vacation. So does my mom. <laughs> and I got to miss the first two weeks of school. You
1: you made it all the way to episode six, I think, I mm-hmm. remember. Because I, I absolutely started watching, like, the series. Because I was like, this is too exciting not to watch this. Because... But what I love is... I was like, oh, of course. The last episode that you were on everybody had an issue with your partner. And what was so funny is they all were like, but we like Connor. Connor's great. Like we all love Connor. (laughs) And all this stuff. And I was like, yes, gay boy getting everybody to love them. Yes. That's, that is our survivor.
0: (laughs) Yes, it was. I was like, everyone is my friend. (laughs) Nobody wants me. Nobody wants to be my partner because I'm certainly not athletic, (laughs) but I am a good time. Um, and even like so after we got eliminated through a very dramatic game of paper rock. So like, is- uh-huh. <laughs>
1: yes. that both options were chosen twice. Like that was wild. That was very funny.
0: <laughs> so like after I'm in like tears because it's essentially like cool, you know, you've been like kicked off the island, your friends don't like you anymore yeah. or whatever, whatever. <laughs> so I'm like in tears. And the producers came up to me and they were like, I just wanna let you know. Now, we really wanted you to stay because you make great TV. And the blue team, they don't even talk.
1: <laughs> and they won! They- <laughs> and they won!
0: <laughs> and they are, like, the they are so nice. They are actually cool people. Yeah. And Ben is, like, a cool <laughs> artist. He, like, does all this, like, performance art stuff now. Like, we, the, the art kids were very much like, I see you. And I think that we kind of have to, like, be aligned here.
1: I, like you're that little foursome I was like oh yeah they they see each other like because what who is your partner's name Ruby Jackie that's it because Jackie's first line from like the show is like I just I want people to know that I'm more than just like a brainy Asian kid like I'm like, <laughs> like I'm athletic too and I was like okay here we go I know I know these characters I know these people <laughs>
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. It was so. And good. <laughs> so like we were not supposed to talk to each other like before we landed on the island. Mm-hmm. But we had like a couple days of pre- pre-production where we could all like see each other <laughs> and we would like go for a swim and like hang out like in a corner of the pool and like gossip and talk before anything started. And I had this, like, do you remember when it was cool? I don't know if this was ever actually cool. To make those, like, twisty bandana necklaces. Yes. Did you ever do that?
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I know what you're talking about.
0: Well, I, if you notice, I have this little twisty bandana necklace on with a cross charm. And Jackie swam up to me in the pool and was like, are you Christian? Of course. (laughs) And I was like, yes, Yes. I love you. And she was like. Me too. I was so afraid there wouldn't be any other Christians here. And she was like, do you want to be partners? And I was like, I would love to. And I think Jesus would. (laughs) Oh my
1: God.
0: (laughs) Turns out wasn't in his plan, was not in his plan for us to be the temple champion. I did laugh
1: because like I've watched primarily your last episode and (laughs) she was like, I'm burning things down like she was like Mm -hmm. she lit a match and she walked away
0: (laughs) well what they didn't show you is that they showed you that she was like very upset yes so we this island that we were on had very sharp dangerous coral reefs (laughs) like right next to our cabins or our huts or whatever you want to call them and we were not allowed to go in the ocean without our water shoes because they were like you will cut your feet and you will die yeah Um, so we were like, okay, great. So in this breakdown, I remember Jackie was like, I am going to swim down to the coral reef, dig up all the coral and sprinkle it around all of your beds at night. So when you wake up the next morning, you're all going to cut your feet and you won't be able to compete anymore. And you won't be able to send us home because you won't have feet. (laughs) And I'm like, just kind of sitting in there in the background, like, okay, Jackie, okay. Okay, yeah. We okay. You definitely feel that way. There, yeah. There are so many.
1: There's one moment where I think I see you go, Jackie. Don't like you. Like, <laughs> Jackie. No. <laughs> Jackie. Jackie. <laughs> I.
0: I have my favorite quote. This is something that I like. Didn't know about until somebody showed it to me. It's in like the first. I think maybe the second episode. Mm-hmm. That, like, there's one girl who's, like, being kind of rude to this other, like, nerdy guy. And it, like, cuts to me. And I, like, kind of tell her. I was like, I don't think you even know him. I think you're making snap judgments. You don't even know him at all. And then it cuts to me, like, in a confessional. And I say, I thought Brianna was being shallow and inconsiderate. And (laughs) I thought she needed (laughs) to. And I was like. (laughs) You could just see that I had watched too much reality TV at this point. And I was like, I know how to give a Oh, I know what they want. You
1: were. You were absolutely, as as tons of Drag Race uh, uh, podcasts that I listen to say, you were the narrator of the season. You were absolutely yes. the one who was the voice of the audience. <laughs> it, that, was, that was one of the most pleasant surprises I've come across recently. So thank you so much for that.
0: You're welcome Um, You know the pleasant surprises I come across Probably every Two weeks I get a message in my (laughs) inbox That somebody's like are you Connor from Endurance Fiji Like it's just one It's like a very low But still it's steady It's steady and somebody was like Can I do an interview and I was like well, of course you can. Oh, you want to interview me about my reality show? Like, I am still clearly, like, riding the high. I, I still, like, try to underplay it when people ask me about it. I'm like, oh, yeah, it was, I mean, it was high school, like, which clearly just means, like, oh, that's still a big deal to you, isn't it? I'm like, I was on TV. I
1: was on TV. <laughs> that is so incredible. Oh, my God. I, what I wouldn't have given to be on a reality show when I was a kid, but, like... My mom thought they were all evil, so.
0: Well, they probably were. The real, another real gag of it was when I, so I had to unenroll from school. Oh. Because it was filming during the first two weeks of school. Oh,
1: interesting.
0: Okay. So I unenrolled, so I didn't have two weeks worth of absences. Um, And then I mysteriously, I couldn't tell anybody where I was going. <laughs> so I'm just not there for two weeks. And then I come back. And I am, you know, the viewers cannot see right now, but I am the color of like a, a cave newt. <laughs> I am a salamander in my natural state. Ah. I come back and I am brown. <laughs> and people are like, What What's <laughs> What's going on? Like, where were you and why are you so damp? <laughs> and I was like, Oh well, we yeah, uh, we just like went on vacation <laughs> and people are like, where'd you go? And I was like, LA. <laughs> They were like, well, why did you take vacation the first two weeks of school? And I was like, we just... The, the flights were good. Like, couldn't tell anybody, and everyone was like... Oh. Okay. <laughs> um, But we had a premiere party the night of Homecoming, and we watched the, the first episode in my driveway on a big projection screen.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> this is... Oh, my God. This is incredible. I would everything you were describing, I would absolutely do times a thousand. Like, <laughs> like... So what happened when, like, people figured out? Like, what what was the reaction then?
0: So there was, like, a, a cast release, yeah. right, online, but none of... We were all in high school at this point. Like, we didn't really watch the show. Yeah. It came out on Saturday mornings. Um, so I, like tried to like make it a reveal to my friends I was like I can finally tell you where I was <laughs> I was filming Endurance and they were all like what is that and I was like hey, don't you know the hit daytime Emmy award dominated TV show the reality show it's Lord of the Flies the show and people were like oh that's cool we thought you were like maybe filming High School Musical or something and I was like oh no it's like way cooler than that <laughs>
1: It wasn't. It was uh. way cooler to me. <laughs> I, I I would much... Like, that to me is far more exciting than somebody... Like, I knew somebody who was uh, in, like, final rounds for Kelsey in uh, mm-hmm. High School Musical. And, like, I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> but now that I see... <laughs> You were on reality TV. Like, that is, like, for me, that's it. Like, I'm like, you're famous. Great.
0: I just, I just, I need to go back. I I need to go back. I need to go back to reality TV. It's in my blood. Would
1: you ever do another reality TV show?
0: Yes, absolutely I would. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, like, totally. Especially something like that, where it's like, yeah, I don't the stakes are pretty low. Just you know, give, put me in front of a camera. Hopefully, I can ma- give you some memorable quotes, and we'll be good to go.
1: You know, the one thing that holds me back from ever doing reality TV because, what? besides physical challenges, because <laughs> we're not doing that. Uh, <laughs> I got bad knees, but no, I the one thing that really like every time because everybody always tells me. I'm a huge Big Brother fan and people are like, oh my God, you should go on Big Brother because like like you would be like the gay best friend and be like, Wah! like all this stuff. Yep. And the problem is the thought of sharing one bathroom with that many people, I hate <laughs> like, I
0: hate <laughs> that idea. Oh, so what what specifically drives you wild about that? Like what are your bathroom idiosyncrasies? The fact
1: that like more so, like that everybody's doing it, <laughs> and, like and the like scheduledness of it, and like everything, like already, like like, like when my whenever uh, we have like uh, in the old times before pandemic, mm-hmm. when we have like a guest over or like you know my roommate's boyfriend would be over or something like that, and the three of us are using like one bathroom, I already am like. Ugh. I'm already, like, this is frustrating because, like, I need to go now. But there you there, you know? <laughs> and so I feel like 100% of my time on that show would just be, like, me walking towards the bathroom, seeing somebody's in there and then be, like, oh, And,
0: like, walking away. <laughs> Especially if you need to do anything a little bit, like, more personal. You're yes. like, this might take a little bit of time in here. Whatever that might be. Right? Like... You're, yeah, it feels like you have the pressure of everybody else on your back. Um, in uh, in Fiji, we had we shared two uh porta potties that were made of wood, (laughs) and it was like, um, you don't particularly strike me as the music festival type, but have you ever been to a music festival? I am wearing tie dye.
1: Uh, no, okay. I
0: never. I uh,
1: the oh, the closest thing I've been to that's a music festival is, uh, and I think you might connect on me with this. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> have you ever heard of a little band called the Newsboys? Uh, <laughs> have I? They once upon a time did a concert called the Love Liberty and Disco Tour. Where <laughs> where they, they performed in a blown up like dome that was in these mm-hmm. like mega church like parking lots and mm-hmm. like that's the closest i've ever been to like a music festival
0: <laughs> you, you know where i saw the newsboys. astro <laughs> this shirt that i'm wearing right now i okay Also, this is something about me. Every time my computer starts up, it plays that chord that sounds like the opening note to their song, Reality. (laughs) Every time my computer starts off and it's like, Dun It gets stuck in my head. I'm like, get out of here.
1: I once, I once went to like, oh, this is we're getting into religious trauma era territory right now. But I
0: will be back to record an episode on breakfast and. I will be back. Oh my god. I will be back.
1: I totally forgot about that. And now you just reminded me. Oh, my God. Well, so uh, there was one time where I went to, um, because growing up in Indiana, of course, there were a ton of, like, religious conferences and stuff like that. And we mm-hmm. had the Alive Conference <coughs> that I went to. And it was, like, two days, like, or two nights, three days, downtown Indianapolis. And for some odd reason, <laughs> I don't understand this they would like it would be speakers and like musicians and like a huge deal they had the most extreme pyrotechnics that would just randomly go off and i was like what the fuck is happening (laughs) because it would be like we're having a guest speaker today uh the youth pastor of blah 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 and then it's like (laughs)
0: And that is our hourly reminder that hell is hot. Thank you very much. It was.
1: Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I love that. We just went on a journey. Okay.
0: Yes, we did.
1: One last question about a endurance, and then we'll get into our topic, I promise. What is Cinnamon doing right now, and is that her real name?
0: Yes, Cinnamon, that is her real name. I would like to take this opportunity to issue a public apology to cinnamon (laughs) because we were not nice to her right and she is she is one of us right she is one of the the strangers who walk this world and and for whatever reason right i feel like i tried to stick up for the underdog but i didn't stick up for her um cinnamon is I let me follow. I, I'm gonna pull up her Instagram account. Oh my god! <laughs> um, I don't think she's doing taekwondo anymore. Yeah, that um, was a
1: huge. That was a huge okay. element
0: of her character. <laughs> it was. I, yes, I think she, big- Oh, she's an actress and a singer in Los Angeles. Oh,
1: well, look at her. Yep. Great. Open invites. Come on the show, cinnamon. <laughs> I would love to hear what <laughs> cinnamon's absolute gag is.
0: Yeah, she definitely seems like something that I'm like, oh, I feel like we I would be friends with yeah. you. But for whatever reason in that space, I was like, well, I can't associate with well, you. Well, she
1: was, like, much younger than you all, right? Wasn't that the thing mm-hmm. that, like, Yeah, she was just so young. And <laughs> the girls were like, stop talking to us. <laughs> like, yeah. I was like, oh, no, poor girl. <laughs> and also, I thought they were lying when they were like... Well cinnamon is like really and I was like that's not this girl's name. Like she said it like as a as a protector like legal name. No, I guess it's no, her real name. it's really it's cinnamon. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well thank you. Thank you for humoring me as, oh, I, of on course. this journey.
0: <laughs> I'll talk about how famous I am any day of the week. Would love to, yeah, regale you with details. I'll do interviews for anybody who wants to talk about it. I'd love to give you the -the behind-the-scenes tea. Somebody messaged me asking if I had any of the temple pieces that they could buy from me, which I don't.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, you could have made some bank. I know. I do love that when people are kicked off the island, you all just stood in front of a big fire and then you like disappeared like that (laughs) (laughs) i was like oh they're spirits (laughs) they've become one with the island (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. yeah we you become the smoke monster (laughs) that's what happens at the end of endurance i would have really
1: enjoyed a reunion though like a reunion special of endurance fiji
0: that would have been lit (laughs) yeah and I feel like that guy, the host is probably still out there producing shows. Like he was the man. He also did for Lover Money, mm-hmm, do you remember mm-hmm. that show? He did that he, one. I don't know what else. He,
1: he hosted something on Disney Channel. I recognize him. Mm. Um also because like I think he was one of the first like like crushes I had that I couldn't put into words why yes. I liked him. I just was like I like him. <laughs>
0: I was watching old episodes of Project Runway like at the beginning of the pandemic uh-huh. and I was having those feelings where I was like there's that guy and then I was like oh well, that's what it was oh, okay and I'm like yeah I just didn't have the words for that but I realized that I was very attracted to you and I did not know that okay
1: it's like for me a uh, a survivor reference for anybody from Australia season 2 Colby uh, when I was like, Colby's my favorite, and like he seems like a really great guy. And little did I know that I just was like, he's so hot, <laughs> right? Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, okay. <laughs> One last thing before we hop into our topic, you've met, you've uh, brought it up a couple of times, but I'm just curious. What are your thoughts about? drag race right now how are we feeling this is my drag race minute i'm just putting this into every episode now
0: drag race minute i mean i love that it's been such a fairly consistent aspect of our pandemic (laughs) experience is that like we always have drag race with us it's our digital best friend um yeah i feel like season 13 is i'm loving it i'm loving the chicago representation it's a little bit long um (laughs) yeah and it feels like we, a lot of us are, like, potentially, like, pulling from the same pool of references. Oh, yeah. Right? It feels like there's a lot of overlap. And that's not to say that anybody's unoriginal or, like, this person did it first. But it's just, like, a, something of note that there is so much overlap. <laughs> UK season two, blowing my mind, rocking my world, everything I've ever had. Iconic. <laughs> like, it is, it is
1: absolutely iconic, and since we're talking about it, I'm just gonna say it now. It was going to be one of my gags of the week, but I just have to say it now. Um, Okay. UK Hun, like, <laughs> is if this is a consistency with UK Drag Race that they give us, like, a serious bop every season, it'll be my favorite thing. Like, I will live for
0: the song that I can download on iTunes. <laughs> like, like- I feel like it's rewriting my DNA. <laughs> like <laughs> I feel like I'm going to like look at my birth certificate and it's going to be like ding dang dong. <laughs> like because I'll like be in the shower and I'm like, "Oh yeah, ding dang dong." Yeah. I'm like, "What the? What does that mean?" Like it's just it's it's my rattle, I, you know?
1: I do like I'm in the shower and I'm like, UK, okay?" <laughs> it just comes out of nowhere and also my favorite part of the whole whole song is "Release the Beast, Bimini, <laughs> bimini! <laughs> And I made the joke that I'm gonna nickname my deck Bimini for like the next book. <laughs> and just shout "Release the Beast, Bimini!" Beast. bimini! <laughs> and then my pants fall down without touching. Like I just throw out my arms and they just fall.
0: <laughs> and you can just see a little bit of tape around the corner. Yeah. <laughs>
1: My talk isn't fully done. (laughs) Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Oh.
0: Yeah. And like, it's, I'm not looking forward to like pandemic art. Yeah. But this is the kind of art that I'm like, within the context of the pandemic, knowing that you are having to do this thing. Yeah. And like getting some sort of relatable um relatability with you, yeah. kind of knowing when you are and potentially where you are mentally, I think is really awesome as a viewer. Yeah. Because like usually when you watch reality, you're like, I don't know when this was, I don't know what this person was going through, but it's kind of like, oh, I actually have a very clear idea of where. Well, you
1: are. I so you mentioned it, and I agree that it's it, this season thirteen is long. I made uh, I Instagrammed and tweeted a photo of an old movie starring Desi and uh Desi Arnaz and Lucy at uh, Lucille Ball and it was called Too Many Girls and I was like Drag Race season 13 <laughs> like <and> I just <laughs> sent that out because it's true I just feel like there are too many girls there may be one too many with two T's that's like in this show that I just need need not in the show anymore but
0: <laughs> I I do feel like I love though that they're giving us um uh, Really fleshed out like narratives of these girls, right? It right. doesn't feel like anybody is really getting the short end of um the disco stick. Well, it's like I maybe yeah.
1: you can relate to this too as an artist and stuff as a performer, but like then it hit me that I was like, they have they have nothing to go back to. Like, that's the thing. And so I think they're dragging out this season truly out of like consideration for these performers, you know, like, to give them this, like, experience away from <laughs> the fact that they can't do anything, you know?
0: Well, and I was thinking, like, I wonder <clears throat> how how many other projects, like, that the network is producing right. were kind of shelved. So they were like, you know what? Take four more episodes. Yeah. Like, if they were like, yeah, you think you can do it? Great. They're yours. So, like, maybe they're just kind of trying to stretch to fill... The void. Yeah,
1: well they like there was a, a press uh, there was a news item like a couple years ago that like when drag race went onto VH1, it was actually Viacom that was like let us focus on this like let's make Drag Race a tent pole pole of uh Viacom and all of our yeah. channels. So including CBS, you know, Lifetime, all these like viacom channels and the fact that this premiere was aired on a couple of those channels not just vh1 like it was like they had the premiere everywhere and so i think it is just like i think viacom's just like tossing money at them and just like make us as many episodes as you want and i think that's the reason why we have all stars right after this and then celebrity and then all this shit like it's just like it's because they're getting the money. And so, but
0: And, like, yeah, in the contract now, like, when you audition for Drag Race, you have to agree that you will do All-Stars whenever they call you. Really? Yeah.
1: <gasps> I didn't know that. Mm-hmm.
0: And I imagine there's probably some sort of negotiation room yeah. or whatever, but, like, to even audition, you have to be like, yes, I'll do All-Stars.
1: That is wild. I had no clue. Yeah. Because I thought that, they got to, like, pick and choose, like, when they were ready to come back on. But I think that's what it used to be, I'm sure.
0: And I'm sure there is some sort of, like, you know, if you've already signed a contract somewhere else, or, yeah. you know, I imagine that, like, uh, that. But they intentionally, like, put that leverage on, like, you are kind of ours to do with as we please for a, a little <sighs> bit.
1: That's wild, because, you know, with rumors of who's all on All Star 6, there's one girl on there that I'm like... Oh, isn't she like contracted to another show now? And so I'm wondering.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Who?
1: Uh, <laughs> Eureka. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> and sorry, I didn't mean to react that way, but that's just how I react with her. And like, that's all right. <laughs> but yeah. I figured she's now with HBO, and we're here. That I'm like, so wait, is she available? Can she do that? You know, I don't know. Yeah, but anyway, I don't know either. Anyway, well, thank you for those thoughts and opinions. I'm just yeah. gonna every episode now I, for the past few weeks. I just have had somebody who's in, who enjoys Drag Race, and I have to be like, "What's going on? Uh, who are your winners?" Real quick for uh, 13 and UK um,
0: for 13. I feel like um, I'm. I I mean Simone. Yeah. Um. I, but I kind of feel like that's a boring answer. <laughs> but like. Um, and I feel like I was really into Utica. Like, at the, I feel like I would love to see a Utica show. I don't know if I'm loving Utica on Drag Race. Sure. Like, I would love to see her in her element. But in these challenges, I feel like something is not translating for me. But, like,
1: um, yeah. I mean, she's the first queen to be. Retweeted and photos put up by Vogue. So, like, yeah, I mean, she is something like really special. But I agree with you that I think she's having kind of like an identity crisis where she's starting to feel the pressure of the show. And even with the girls around her, like that, that's such a very small moment. But when she says about Tina, like far away, she's like, Oh, that wig makes her look small. And like Olivia Lex is like, say that louder and say that to him. And she's like, yes, Tina, (laughs) that wig makes you look small. And they all start giggling and stuff. And like, I was just like, maybe that's not her. Like, let's all just let Utica be Utica. It is. It does make me laugh when they're all talking and they're all like, blah, 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 blah. And then it goes, Utica, what do you think? And Utica's always like, uh, so I was just like, Really? A good unica I was actually just it's it, it's just very low and it's like uh it's almost npr like host voice
0: <laughs> and then this last episode where she was like and then something 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 and then she looked, looked back at her hand and was like talking to her own hand <laughs> she tickled
1: herself when she was like I- i'm gonna create a drinking game where i take a shot every time i say something's fun or <laughs> Or <laughs> and then she just like giggles, and I'm like, I fucking love her. She's so good, but I do think it is pretty clear that like we're heading towards a, a Simone crown. But you know, it's I I think it's it's up in the air still. I think we're um she's definitely the favorite, but I feel like maybe we could see something that pops up in towards the end. But how about UK? Yeah.
0: Um. <laughs> I mean, yeah i I love Bimini. Um, I was also like, I love Jenny Lemon, <laughs> but I know she's gone. But like, so um, and yeah, Lawrence. How can you not love Lawrence, who is just killing it? I think UK is great because I um, I really do feel like any of them I could see winning at this yeah. point, and I don't feel that way. It's I haven't felt that way in US. Yeah,
1: about US. Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. I do love that about UK, where it's kind of like. It's all up in the air. You're like, I don't know. It could be any of them. And like, yeah, I, of course, like feel a kindred soul with Lawrence Cheney because I'm like, Oh, that's, that's me. <laughs> like, there's, there's a lot about her that I'm like, ah, I, I see you, but, uh, I, i am not surprised that you were like i love jim and jimmy because that shit that feels very much like in the vein of you i think also to be so fucking punk rock and just be like bye
0: yeah yeah, and I and when people are like that's rude. Oh my god. I'm like, No, it's not. You oh, to shut up. Like, none of y'all give two shits about winning yes. this competition. I'll- you know if you don't win, you're actually gonna do way better in your career. Like, don't like let's be real. Also,
1: here. the reason why RuPaul reacted the way she did, which was just like a shrug and like whatever, <laughs> is because she was like, Good TV. <laughs> like yeah. she knows. Right. Same with like it's the same thing she felt when Ben eliminated themselves mm-hmm. from All Stars. Like she was like, This is television. Like you're just giving me great television. So like, bye, <laughs> you know. But yeah. I, I appreciate all those choices.
0: I, I also feel like it's like just I feel like it's a very like relatably, like queer choice to competition. Yeah. Of like, actually, I don't need Fuck this, this. Right? Yeah. I've been here before. And I don't need this at yeah. all. And like all of the lessons I learned were actively against <laughs> what you're telling me to do right now. So, like, gonna go ahead and apply those to this too. And that <laughs>
1: that's why I love, um, I fucking love Dracula because they mm-hmm. are all like, because first of all, they, the Boulay brothers say right away before all judging that like drag is art and art is subjective and if we are not critiquing you as an artist we're critiquing you compared to the guidelines that we set for the challenge ahead of you and I was like god what a great way of putting that but like the fact that like those those uh, those uh contestants are the artsy artsy gals who are like who very the, sensitive and i enjoy that did
0: you watch the halloween special oh yes oh, yeah. that was like hands down the best episode of drag television ever ever gotten ever
1: gotten by the way simone is in it in the beginning uh at what? the party uh that they're having simone <gasps> appears like briefly
0: yeah okay going back to rewatch it <laughs> But like it's it, it it's like all the great things about Dracula, and I, the thing that I really don't like about Dracula is like the fear factor. Element. Yeah, yeah. Like I get it, but I like I I do not subscribe to the idea that like do this and we will break you of your fears, like <laughs> or you will be a performer without limits if you eat the spider's egg. Like I don't believe that, and I don't think they do either.
1: No. Or like the um let us stab you with needles and it'll make you like Right,
0: and the fact that like saying no and like having boundaries is like well then you're weak. <laughs> and you're like, no I'm not. I don't want to get a tattoo <laughs> that says like, I fucked a pizza. <laughs> like, that doesn't make me weak, that makes me rational. <laughs> <laughs> I, oh
1: man, if somebody had an I fucked a pizza <laughs> And also, Dracula has one of the best reality show quotes that nobody knows about, which is in the, the most recent season when Madeline Hatter gets put in the bottom again, and it's the, like, Dungeons and Dragons, like... Uh, LARPing kind of theme Mm -hmm. and she grabs one of the producers and she says I told you I would do the show but only if you treated me with respect and she's like I refuse to do this and (laughs) the guy says Madeline please think about the big picture and she goes fuck the big picture Clint (laughs) (laughs) fuck the
0: big picture Clint it's
1: so good oh my god it was like I that is like (laughs) That is absolutely up there for me with New York saying, Beyonce? Like, that is, like, that is up there. Like, that is iconic. Fuck the big picture, Clint.
0: (laughs) Right, yeah, it's just, like, another one of those, like, (laughs) breakdown moments where it's, like, I'm so happy that the camera (laughs) was rolling. (laughs) Like, it feels very, like meek stole like having it break down yes,
1: it does absolutely oh my god okay here we go I have a very important question for you
0: yes hit me what is it
1: Connor what is your absolute gag
0: my absolute gag is the 1978 <laughs> Star Wars knockoff film Star Crash <laughs> Star Crash from deep space, from the farthest reaches of the haunted universe, comes the supreme galactic spectacle, Starcrash, rated BG. The entire thing, the entire thing, I do obviously, like, have some highlights, <laughs> but if you haven't seen this movie, like, don't eat beforehand, because you will be gagging <laughs> the entire film. <laughs>
1: It's all on YouTube, by the way, if anybody wants to
0: watch the entire movies on YouTube. (laughs) And there's like, it's in YouTube. It's on YouTube in every possible language. (laughs) There's Spanish, Italian, there's subtitles in every language. There are all different like crops and filters of it to like get around different international copyright restrictions. So like if it's not up when you go and look for it, wait a day and somebody will repost it and it will come (laughs) back up. Also, I think it's on Vimeo pretty regularly oh, I'm as well. sure
1: it is. So let me ask you, where in the hell did you come across Star Crash? And, like, when was it?
0: <laughs> okay, so it was right after I moved to Chicago, which was probably about five or six years ago at this mm-hmm. point. And I was at um, the infamous Holiday Club. Very familiar. <laughs> and they um, typically, like, play B-movies on their... Like, it just kind of yeah. ambient in the background on their bar TVs. And I was, like, with some friends, and I was just, like, staring at this film, and I was, like, what is this? I I was looking at... It was, like, one of the, like... Half the movie is just, like, shots of space. <laughs> um, lasers
1: going nowhere.
0: <laughs> yes. And it was that, and I was, like, captivated. So I, like, uh, you know dragged down the waitress, and I was like, what is that? I need to know what that movie was. And then she was like, okay, I'll, I'll let you know in a second. And then she, like, didn't come back. And then I was like, did you ever, did you find out what movie that was? And she was like, oh, it's called Star Crash. I was like, great, thank you. I probably, like, didn't have an iPhone at that point. And I was like, I'll write it on this napkin.
1: I imagine her saying this to you with, like, cheese tots in her hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, so then Ugh. you so you find out what it is and then mm-hmm. how did you did you just Google search like where could I watch Star Crash?
0: Yeah, so I was going through like when I moved to Chicago, I was going through a phase that I think everybody goes through a phase where you're like, I don't think I know anything. <laughs> yes. In, in my life. I don't think it seems like everyone I speak uh-huh. to is talking about movies or music that i've never heard of (laughs) and i was like so i don't know where i've been or what i've been doing because i thought i knew things but i guess today i don't so i was going through this like deep phase where i was like i'm watching i would watch like two or three movies a day sometimes if i was off i was like doing a big like consume and like media binge. so this was like part of that and um I was kind of trying to do like different dives into like different genres. So this was part of my like sci-fi thing. Um, turns out to it was just like another way of me like trying to deal with the anxiety of being alive. Um, so I don't do it <laughs> um, quite as much off as I used to. But um, yeah, I watched this movie and I think I watched it by myself for the first time. And like, sure. I, I mean, obviously I love to laugh. It is rare that I will like laugh out loud. At uh, at any sort of experience by myself Like I could be loving it But like I am probably not cracking up Alone in a room by myself And then I watched this movie And I was like Oh (laughs) my god And it is It I think my big thing that I love About this movie is that it feels like It is people Playing people making a movie (laughs) yeah like
1: no absolutely it's almost like it's almost like that the room quality
0: right like they're mm -hmm. like
1: playing at being people
0: but like (laughs) yes and yeah and like it is so clearly like of a very specific time and if you watch it it's very like there are some clear beats that are like okay well that one is just from direct (laughs) from star wars (laughs) Um, which is interesting because like apparently it was they started production like before star Wars right so like it's got also like big like flash Gordon vibes yeah <laughs> but some of the many 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 narrative elements that are at play here well did, um,
1: I think I heard this um because you said this and I was like absolutely <laughs> we need to talk about this but like uh I was i after I watched the movie the first time i did I watched some like uh uh like essays, uh, like video essays about the, you know, making of it and stuff. And one of the things I heard was that the screenwriter just got the novelization of Star Wars and like based it off of that. Like, <laughs> like the novelization of the movie. I'm sorry, not even watching the movie, like the book. <laughs>
0: that seems to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> which is a rare thing to say in response to this <laughs> of, that makes sense
1: absolutely oh my god so pretend so for our jones out there give us mm-hmm. an idea of the plot if you can the best you can
0: absolutely i can so the plot claims to center around a character named stella star which
1: is who is either a porn star or a drag queen i cannot decide
0: <laughs> and like the best thing is you don't find out her name until like 20 25 minutes into the movie like you've seen her like doing stuff and then she like gets a call from someone like stella star you and you're like wait oh that's who's you that? you're stella star? And then it kind of, like, close-ups, and you see that she has on star earrings. And you're like, (laughs) ah, right. (laughs) Oh, okay. Okay. (laughs) That's, (laughs) okay. So the plot centers around Stella Star and her friend, um, uh, what's his name? Acton. Acton. And they are, like, rebels who, um, intercept... Some sort of mysterious ship Mm -hmm. that is, like, um, in distress. And they kind of pick up this, like, soldier who has um, had some sort of, like, mental mind warp (laughs) happen on him. And then the police come and they're like, hey, y'all are wanted and you're going to prison. (laughs) Out of nowhere. So then, yeah, they go to prison for all of 12 hours. (laughs) Um, And then the emperor releases them from prison who is uh delightfully played by christopher Plummer?
1: such a shock by the way he accepted the role because they were filming in rome and he's always wanted to go to rome (laughs) i saw that
0: it's like i think i i just love the honesty about that of like yeah i want to go he was there
1: for three days he spent three days filming this movie and it is
0: very obvious (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's not in it very much um And so they're let out of prison by the emperor, who says um, that the ship they intercepted was an imperial ship that was trying to take down um, Emperor. I'm sorry, Count Zartharn's um, evil weapon that could be disguised as an entire planet. (laughs) So he's like, "I will release you from prison forever if you can help find us this weapon." And also my son (laughs) who is who has now disappeared. So that's kind of like the inciting incident that happens also like thirty minutes into the film. There's like several other sequences that happen first that like don't make any sense. They like land
1: on this like Amazonian planet and
0: (laughs) Okay, that is I have two favorite sequences. The Amazonian sequences, my favorite sequence of the film. (laughs) Can I tell
1: you my favorite part of the Amazonian planet? The t- Two parts that really just tickle me. She is so Stella's like captured by them, and uh, Stella is also on this planet with uh, a robot android named. All I know is L. What's this like? Is mm-hmm. this, is it just L or like?
0: It's a spelled out E L L E. like L Woods. <laughs> Like, no, it, you'd think it would be like L, ninety eight forty eight yeah, or something. It's, it's just, just L.
1: L. <laughs> L, for some reason, and it's never explained, has a southern dialect. <laughs> sounds like an old prospector. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so anyway, anyway, Stella gets captured, and they... It is one of seven fake out L deaths in this movie. Like he's like beaten up and she's like, oh, he's dead. And so she gets captured and then she's fighting with a bunch of these Amazonian women and one of them in an ADR just goes, Don't make us kill you.
0: <laughs> I I think if there's any sequence that the, the listeners of this podcast should watch it is that amazonian sequence like from the time that they land on the planet to i guess the yeah you don't need to watch the robot fight after that but yes that sequence it's like yeah these women who are essentially like just wearing belts yeah like they went to the thrift store and they were like give us all the belts you can they put all these belts on and they are karate chopping yeah. That is everyone's signature move is, like, an actual karate chop, like, right to the back. Yeah. And there's a lot of ADR. At one point, she says, um, she's like, don't touch me. Get your hands off me. And then they, like, walk down the hallway. And then she comes back in the next room. And then she says the reverse of it. She says, get your hands off me. Don't touch me. (laughs) Like...
1: It's so good. She, the, the ADR is like the best. And she, my other favorite thing about that sequence is when, so L surprisingly is not dead. And he says, quote, uh, he holds a gun up to like this blaster gun up to the queen of like the Amazonian women and says, don't move or I'll clear your sinuses out <laughs> Which is, like, I'm like, what? And and they run away, and the queen goes, get him. And she just, like, holds up an arm. And, and the girls, the Amazonian women, run as if they could not care less.
0: <laughs> like, they're, like, a
1: slight jog.
0: <laughs> that is the running theme of this planet, is that, like, we're told that there are stakes. Yeah. But perhaps none of the performers were told that, <laughs> and like the, we're introduced to this tribe of Amazonian women, and like their queen has this kind of close up where she's like spying on them, and she's like commands a robot, and she says like, "Get my revenge," and there's a blast <laughs> and, <laughs> and, but she like, she keeps talking about her revenge. Yeah. But, like, it's before they've even, like, landed... Like, we are never given any context as to, like, what she wants revenge for. And you can tell that she's, like, supposed to be a little serious. And then she does this, like... She kind of, like, breaks character a little bit and she smiles. And then she's like, oh, I'll just make it an evil smile. (laughs) And now I'm, like, evilly smiling. (laughs) And... God. It's... You know,
1: you brought up another really fascinating point that we have to address about this film. Uh, The costumes... Of this film, uh, so many penis helmets, like, so many helmets that just look like penis heads. And then uh, the one moment that I was, like, truly the first moment for me that I, like, threw my heads up in the air and I just went, oh my god, what are we doing? In the prison planet that (laughs) Stella is on, all of these, like, folks are dressed in, like, these frumpy, like, prisoner outfits and stuff, and she Right,
0: like, what we would have called gender-neutral clothing, <laughs> yeah. like, in the 90s That's Remember when like, everything was, like, gray and hunter-green, and they were like, it's unisex Exactly
1: Except for Stella, who is wearing a bathing suit Like, that is her prisoner outfit And she's the only fucking one
0: <laughs> A bathing suit with a collar Yeah <laughs> Everywhere she goes, she has this, like, detachable, like, fashion collar. <laughs> it's very, you know, Barbarella-esque, right? Lots of, like, straps and everything. And the opening of this scene is something that you see a lot in this movie. is just, like, blatant exposition yeah. that has nothing to do with the plot. Like, there's no reason that you needed to say yeah. that. So, like, we see these prisoners, and they're carrying, you know, like, the big, the big like, three-foot diameter balls you used to get at, like, Walmart? Yeah. And they're carrying those, like, on these stretchers. (laughs) And there's a guard who's saying, like, whatever you do, don't drop that radium. That is radium. You need to deliver that radium. It's very important. Be careful. (laughs) Yes. And he, like, he's working so hard to let you know that that is not a beach ball. It's actually radium. And it doesn't have much to do with anything, but they are letting you (laughs) know.
1: And she pulls aside two random... I I guess like tevka esque like <laughs> prisoners. One of them I called not Francis McDormand, but like could be yes. <laughs> like. And she just and this is where she says, "I can't do this forever. It's been twelve hours, and I'm already done." <laughs> like, and they're just like, "Uh huh." <laughs> like, and then and then a a guard attacks her and the the not francis mcdormand grabs his blaster and then starts just shooting people <laughs> and yes. and then she gets shot in this like dramatic way all this is happening all while this is happening stella literally just like walks off and just like
0: walks out <laughs> and this whole sequence like it becomes very clear of like it's the first time we really see the blaster effects yes. and it it's clear that the filmmakers wanted to say, Oh, we've got blasters too. Yeah. <laughs> right? And we'll we'll blast everybody. So they just keep blasting back and forth. And these two poor souls who just like wanted to help <laughs> bikini woman get out of prison. Since, like, just get blasted to smithereens.
1: She like all she does is like karate chop a guard and just like run. And the rest
0: of them blow
1: up. <laughs> like she's <Yes>. like She's <laughs> like, Fuck you. What <laughs>
0: So, yeah, I guess then they do, they shoot the radium and that's what blows up. So, like, I guess it is plot-wise actually important that we know it's radium. (laughs) This whole scene takes about three minutes. Three minutes. minutes.
1: And this is, like, her epic, like, prison sentence. Like, this is what she's supposed to be, like, spending for the rest of her life.
0: (laughs) Now that we're talking about it, I'm thinking that maybe, like, the longer you stay in this space prison, Mm -hmm. maybe the more clothes they give you. It's kind of like a reward for good (laughs) behavior of, like... Oh, here's your five year jacket. <laughs> you know, so like everybody, maybe when they come in, they're starting in bikinis, and these are all just kind of like the really hardened prisoners who are fully clothed. At my day job, we have a five year jacket. <laughs>
1: so, you, know, <laughs> you saying that, I was like, yeah, probably. <laughs> <That
0: makes sense. laughs> I hope you don't have to go to your day job in a bikini when you first start, unless you want to. I mean, and then, on, well, we work
1: from home, so I'm basically,
0: I whatever, I should be. <laughs> so. I'm looking like through my notes. I watched this movie again this morning. And uh, right right above where th- we talked about the radium scene um, is probably one of my favorite things, qualities about this movie. I just wrote the sentence, They had ideas. <laughs> right? The filmmakers yeah. had a lot of ideas. And they're doing a lot with it. And I mean <laughs> a lot.
1: Uh, they, so uh, one of them that I was like, Oh, they really tried this. Like, this is interesting is they give us a double cross. Like, pretty like pretty early in the movie. Like, not too long. But, like, mm-hmm. basically the police who have been the intergalactic police, which I was like, oh, God, why do we need intergalactic police? <laughs> yeah. But so <laughs> so L is one of them. And then there's, like, Sheriff Thor or, like, something mm-hmm. is his name.
0: Who's <laughs> played by a guy who's like, he was maybe wearing green makeup yesterday, <laughs> yeah. but today, like, he slept in it and was like, oh, It'll, it'll feel fine. He is wearing
1: first non equity tour of wicked alphabet makeup, like, <laughs> yes. just like that's slightly smeared and coming off <laughs>
0: from CVS day after Halloween. <laughs> exactly,
1: like, you no, know, it's, it's so bad. But he, uh, so it ends up that he is like the double cross like he's the one who and uh, my favorite element of it is he simply hits Acton with like a baton on the neck just like out of nowhere and then he tells he ends up telling the counter like whatever his name is he's like I killed him and I'm
0: like no you didn't (laughs) and what where did you kill him so, like, in, I guess, like, in the uh, the kind of lead up to the film, they're going to these different yeah. um, planets to follow these um, ejected, like, space pods from that one mysterious ship. And they are trying to go to each planet to see, like, if the people survived or if they have any information. Yes. So, like, in their journey, right, they're met up by Mr. Thor. And then he, like, double crosses them. <laughs> and And then, like, you find out, like... Through that sequence, that like acting <laughs> is also like a wizard, can, or like can tell the future, can see the future, and I'm like,
1: <laughs> sorry, I just it tickles me so much. But the way that Stella like comes to this is she's like, oh, so you know, you knew about Thor all along, and he's like, yes, I did. And she goes,
0: so you could see the future. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she. Not like, oh, you're pretty intuitive, (laughs) but like, oh, so uh, obviously the only thing is you can see the future. And like, through up until this sequence, like, we've been seeing, like, Acton has been, he's known as like the best, like, navigator Uh in the galaxy. Like, and he does a couple, like, little tricks where he has like some little, like, laser things come out of his hand or whatever but he yeah he like defeats thor by like removing some part from the ship that thor needed to get away and then he kills him or whatever so like yeah not anything that implies that he can see the future in any way
1: (laughs) nothing or just like the simple fact of like truly the logical thing would be oh well you know our mortal enemies just all of a sudden friended us so like i still don't trust him right no he can see the future (laughs) Also, uh, I read, or I heard on a, on an essay, on a video essay, that that actor was supposed to be in, like, alien makeup. So he's an alien. And it's only mm-hmm. kind of, like, offhandedly spoken of. But he was supposed to be in alien makeup, and he refused.
0: <gasps> <gasps> and so they were, like, barely dusted him with green powder, and he was like, that is all! That is all! He just
1: has a, he just has a like... Full on Garfunkel fro and like is kind of slightly tan. <laughs> oh, Acton.
0: Actin. Oh, Acton was yeah. supposed to be an alien Actin makeup. Acton's supposed <gasps> to be in
1: alien makeup.
0: Okay, well that would make so much more sense. Right. <laughs> because yeah, right now he's just kind of like a a guy yes! who like is great at flying a ship, but then he like has all of these magical powers and can see the future. And then he tells <laughs> my big takeaway from the future is that like so Stella is like, Oh, so you can see the future. Like, why didn't you tell us? And then she was like, That's what she says. And he says, Well, it would, that's against the law. (laughs) I can't tell you about the future because then you would try and change it. (laughs) Which, like, I find just to be a little contradictory because typically, like, time travel stuff is about like changing the past, right? And like, changing the future is just like, living and making choices (laughs) so like essentially it's like against the law to be alive and make a choice about what you think is in your best interest
1: oh my god yeah he's like i just oh my god that like blew my mind i could not but while like before this happens when when the double cross happens uh uh L and Stella are out in this like clearly hoth planet, like very, like all snowy and everything. And there is this like <laughs> when they find out that Thor double crossed them, and he's like, "I'm leaving you out there to die." They cut to this shot of Stella and this android like walking like Charlie, like Linus and Charlie Brown, like sad, like kicking the like snow. <laughs> And they're just like, oh, I can't believe he double-crossed.
0: <laughs> I can't believe he left us to die. And the other thing that you find out about this planet, like, before they land, is that, like, if the sun sets on this planet, everything freezes instantly. Yeah. <laughs> and keep in mind, uh, Stella is, she does have on a few more clothes in her bikini, but she has on no, like, headgear. She's, like, full, like, blown-out, feathered hair. <laughs> And she keeps being like, oh, my feet are so cold. My feet are so cold. I'm like, what about your face, girl?
1: <laughs> I can't even stand outside in the snow without, like, snot immediately just, like, freezing. I was yes. like, oh, girl. <laughs> she. But they lay down, and he's like, is like, why don't you lay down, face up, and hold my hand, and I will preserve you with my energy. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so then they have this kind of like, we will greet death with bravery <laughs> moment. They like both lay down and they're like, well, hopefully someone comes and save us while we're in potentially eternal cryo sleep. Like, and what he says, um, he says, like, now would be a great time to employ that ancient system of prayer that your people believe in
1: and see if it works for robots too. <laughs> <So he's, laughs>
0: To which she, like, says, like, that is an idea. She, like, says something that is essentially, like, a hollow phrase and doesn't do anything. And just, like, goes to sleep. She's like,
1: as my nemesis, (laughs) I found your persistence, like, infuriating. But as a friend, (laughs) like, (laughs) like, it's it's so bad.
0: It, like... It is, yes, so delightfully bad. Like I encourage everybody, watch this. If you if you have anyone in your home with you right now, watch this with that person. Or have a watch party with somebody. Because this movie is something that like <laughs> needs to be shared. As you can see, we're like struggling to recap it with logical we sense can't. and reasoning because there's such there's a, a quickness to the movie yeah. that like everything just it happens and then it's not happening it's an anymore. Hour, it's like, an
1: hour and a half long. Like it is like that's in and out. But like the way the the speed of the movie versus like the speed of the story is wild. <laughs> you're like...
0: like yeah, if you've ever if you've ever played a game with a child when like you're like potentially like playing space aliens, like that's what this <laughs> movie feels like of like, oh they got us. Not more. anymore because I've got this special spaceship <laughs> that you didn't know about, but it was here the whole time and I've got it. And now there's only one more missile, super missile. <laughs> like, they're just, they're doing it. There's a lot of verbal, like speaking yes. it into existence. You don't see it, but they're telling you about it and you're
1: like, yeah. <laughs> I just love it. when Acton, like, pops up and, like, Thor is like, I thought you were dead. And I was like, all you did was, like, hit him, girl. Like, you didn't even, like... You didn't even shoot him or stab him. You just, like, went boop and
0: boop. boop. yes. One... You got one boop on him.
1: And they bring... So, so Acton defeats Thor, kills him, and mm-hmm. legitimately kills him. And then they bring out from the snow... Stella all frozen up and (laughs) the best unfreezing sequence.
0: (laughs) Like it. Yeah. So he essentially like microwaves her with his mind. And like, if you've ever been really, really hungry and had (laughs) trying to like defrost, like some frozen meat or something that you're like, okay, I cannot cook this until it is thawed. That is what watching this sequence is like. (laughs) Because they use, like, kind of some dissolve overlays, Uh but they use approximately 15 of them. (laughs) Like, there are 15 five-second transitions where she's, like, completely frozen, then she's 90% (laughs) frozen, 80%.
1: And then once we get to, like her, like, wet, like, she's, like, wet, (laughs) but she still has on all of her makeup, and then they're, like, oh, she's saved, and then she sits up, and the hair is blown (laughs) up,
0: and she just does this little smile to act, and, like, that's it. (laughs) And so, she's played by, um, it's Caroline, uh, Monroe? And she, like, has a remarkably wooden delivery in this whole movie and like they still choose to like feature a lot of shots of her just being like <gasps> and like she will just like l- l- look over to something and you kind of never see what she's looking at you never really see what she's reacting to the I, the editing I feel like is another thing that really sings about this movie in a way that I've never seen editing be so noticeable
1: <laughs> oh so then they go on to a caveman planet, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> to where literal like neanderthals live <laughs> well yeah and before they do that do you mind if we go back no, they do this they have like a a an air an air battle at some yes. point yeah. where, like, it is it absolutely 1,000% indecipherable what is happening. <laughs> you know they're fighting people. But it looks as if they filmed everyone's sequence separately. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Right? And they were just like, just say, say air battle things. <laughs> so people are like, we got them. To the left. On your right. <clears throat> just one more. <laughs> and they're all, like, kind of saying that. And then it's interspersed with, like, clips of ships zooming around. Like... And they at one point they're like, just one left. Yeah. And then they're like, five of six down. <laughs> <He> <laughs> You're like, goes-
1: five of six are down.
0: <laughs> and they had just got the last one, and then he's like, another on your right. <laughs> and then finally at some point, somebody it's just a close up of someone, and they're like, We've done it. <laughs> and yeah, and- so they have to kind of pronounce like, we achieved the goal. What was the goal? Not sure, but it has been finished. Next act. And Acton, like, delivers this, like,
1: like battle cry cheer of just, like, Aha! <laughs> and, like, after that. Like, and you're just like, what is happening?
0: You know, and no. it could be, it could be, it is so generic. Yes. And, like, at any point that shot could have been used. As long as they're, like, in the spaceship and it would have made sense. It's... Like I really does feel like this movie was just like puzzle piece together of like okay, well, what do we have? We'll ADR the <laughs> rest.
1: <laughs> Truly, oh my god! But so they go to this caveman planet, and this is I think the seventh and final death of L. <laughs> like yes. he gets he gets torn apart by a bunch of Neanderthals, and Stella mm-hmm. gets captured, and they're at this like bonfire, and this thing pops out of nowhere and starts shooting lasers and like killing these neanderthal cavemen out of
0: nowhere he's in like a golden it looks like creature from the black lagoon yes it's like a creature from the black lagoon mask but it's entirely made of gold with like holes in the eyes and it shoots out purple lasers oh my god and then yeah so he's kind of like this character that kind of pops out of nowhere and then he like takes off the mask and who is it It's David Hasselhoff. (laughs) It's David Hasselhoff.
1: And both he and Acton have these perms that, like, one can only dream of.
0: (laughs) They have atmospheres on their head. Like, cumulonimbus. (laughs) Like, don't try and touch it because it is beautiful and it is there and it is protecting them.
1: (laughs) So, So David Hasselhoff... Is introduced as the prince of of the emperor, <laughs> and um, the one thing that I did appreciate that, like, I was like, oh, thank God they did this, and just like you said, it's like playing with a kid, like a little kid, pretend with them because Acton finds them and they're all like, say, this is the first time we see like Acton's like lightsaber esque thing that just pops <laughs> oh, out of nowhere. <laughs> so they're like uh acton's like well the weapon is here <laughs> and like, they're like wait
0: it's been here all the time <laughs> Like, the weapon is friendship <laughs> <laughs> like, which is not what happens but it basically could be <laughs>
1: but like it just like and, and david hasselhoff's like Oh, I've been here forever, and I didn't even know that the weapon was here, but thank God. And, like, it's just, like, that kind of thing of, like, okay, we gotta wrap up. We gotta, like,
0: really mm-hmm. get to <laughs> And, yeah, they, like, make a reference. They're like, don't you remember what the Amazon Queen said? <laughs> and, like, first of all, no, I absolutely don't. And it was like, she said the weapon was guarded by two different monsters. One monster, which we haven't even talked about, was the red lights that attack oh, your brain, yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the other monster was this um, tribe of cavemen that uh, there's. Uh, I believe it's David Hasselhoff, so lovingly refers to them as the troglodytes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> which is like my favorite word that that we are still <laughs> we are still okay Chocolate with nights. saying because it sounds like it should be one of those words of like, oh, we don't say that anymore. <laughs> Right? Like, obviously it's still rude to, like, call somebody a troglodyte, (laughs) but, like, we can say it on the podcast without being (laughs) cancelled.
1: Because it sounds
0: very scientific. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. If someone called me a troglodyte, I think I would... I would cry. (laughs) Like, that is a read.
1: (laughs) Yes. You are reading a bitch if you go,
0: you are a troglodyte. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh God. and oh my God, this. um, Oh yeah, so, uh, and it's these dang troglodytes. They're the ones who kill yeah. L. Yeah, right. And his dying words are, "Time for a little robot chauvinism. <laughs> I, <laughs> I forgot. Because <He> like, <laughs> Stella Star is like, "I'll go fight the troglodytes," and he's like, "No way, sister!" <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes, and they like beat him the fuck up. <laughs> they, like, smashed him with these big bone clubs. I know we already kind of talked about that, we, but... We also forgot to mention that,
1: like, Al is supposed to be, like, the comedic relief, and one of my favorite, like, running bits is he's just, like, they're flying over water and he's like, oh, water makes me nervous! <laughs> and, and Stella goes, oh,
0: L, everything makes you nervous. <laughs> Which, like, up to this point, like, he's been essentially, like, a police bot. <laughs> he's, like, Robocop you have spent, with a country accent. You've
1: spent maybe ten minutes with him, and, like, you're just making these generalizations. Stella, you gotta like, calm
0: down. <laughs> he, he, like, just put you in prison, and you're like, everything makes you nervous. Oh, <laughs> Like <laughs> He, his character, right, you were spot on when you said, like, old prospector. He's, like... Pretty clearly, like, a C-3PO, like, yeah. nod, but he looks like he's, like, one of the, you know, like, the TIE fighter pilots? Yeah. <laughs> like, and he is giving big, um, did you ever see Return to Oz? Oh, yes, yes. Yeah, big, like, TikTok yes. vibes. Yeah. Like, that kind of Tin Man, like, oh, oh, oh. no! <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, <sighs> it's, So, yeah. Where are we? <laughs> we're,
1: we're at, I think towards the end, so... We are introduced, we find out that Count, the Count is, like, there, right? Or no? Where did they get captured by the so, Count? So,
0: <laughs> yes. Okay. So, Count Zartharn, who we really haven't talked about up to this point, is, like, you know, the big baddie <laughs> of this. And he has this evil weapon. Yeah. That, like, we just know that it, that's all we yeah. know about it. It's just an evil weapon. That's planet That size. they want to destroy.
1: Like, that's, a, yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's all it's know. a huge evil weapon. But they don't ever talk about, like, what it no. does. No. So then they are like, oh, yeah, the weapon is on this planet or essentially this planet is the weapon. And so they're walking around these caves and they like turn a corner and there's this like big metal door (laughs) that essentially says like evil weapon inside. (laughs) And it just kind of again uh, highlights how the, how absurd it is that the prince has been there for so long and like never stumbled upon this big metal door in a cave.
1: It makes no sense.
0: So they go inside, and it's now like a little. It's very like industrial. It's like a factory like a lab kind of. There's like beeps and, yeah. and yeah. boops. A lab. Yeah. <laughs> there's beeps. And I don't know. <laughs> tons of beeps and <laughs> boops and like little. Um, globes with kind of like fiber optic things <laughs> m- moving around. And I don't know if this spoke to you at all, but it really does look like up in the top corner, there's this kind of design right over the double doors when they come in. And it just looks almost identical to the Nasty Pig logo. <laughs> Like, yes, awesome. It just looks like they're in this cave, and they open the door, and they're like, "Oh, it's the Nasty Pig Factory Outlet."
1: Has the weapon been jackhammered this whole time? <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> uh. Oh my god. Yeah, so that was something I got this time that I was like, "I don't think I, I don't think I picked up on that last time." That yeah, Nasty Pig was behind this all. So yeah, they find these these computers. Mm-hmm. That are apparently the weapon. Yep. That, like, are... She's like, oh my god, these are all pre-programmed computers. <laughs> so that's what he was working on. And these, these computers can, like, project things into your mind.
1: That's it. And is that... Are those the red dots or no? Is that what that is or...
0: So that's my... That was my question I was like going to ask you. What's, like... Because we were also led to believe that the red dots were protecting the Yes,
1: lipids. and they were referred to as, like, monsters. Like, red mm-hmm. monsters is what they said, when it's just, like, an Instagram filter. like the-
0: Yeah, it's, like, lens flare. <laughs> it's red lens flare that whenever it comes on, people, like, grab their heads and they, like, freak out and they s- scream, My
1: mind! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god well (laughs) so they find out and like the count is there and then he like brings up these twin robots who were introduced to at the beginning of the movie and we know that these robots are bad because they have angry eyebrows
0: (laughs) they are like full like Harryhausen knockoff like Robots painted. You can like see the hot glue kind (laughs) of hanging off them. They're beautiful. The director
1: was. Very influenced by uh, Clash of the Titans. I heard that that's Mm -hmm. what he really wanted. These like stop motion to be involved and stuff, which like if done right, like it's fun. But these are so like wild. The introduction shot of them, it is so clearly that they are two like miniature toys that are like. Brought up, but the force perspective is to make to look like the the same size as the count, and he's like,
0: "Aha!" <laughs> <laughs> oh. They like a good mental image of them is if you like had a dustbuster, and your <laughs> dustbuster wanted to like go to Mardi Gras. <laughs> <Brown. laughs> <laughs> like that's what these two look like. They have these like angular little like snout faces with just like a little slot at the like a little male slot at the bottom and angry <laughs> eyebrows, and then like swords and you know legs. But it's so like
1: <laughs> I love that it's like a space movie. But yeah, all the robots look
0: steampunky, the... and <laughs> you know what I mean. They're just like <laughs> yes, they're like steampunky, but also like kind of like. <laughs> Almost, like, Sumerian, right? They, like, have, like, a, an ancient quality about them. They all have on these kind of, like, headbands. Like, it was a very strange design on the robots. So
1: they fight with Acton, and what's so funny is you see a shot of, like, Acton getting his, like, lightsaber ready. And then you just see a shot of the two robots, like, running towards him, and it's so bad. And he... Fights with them. One of them... He does kill one of them. All he does is, like, stab them, and then they disappear uh, (laughs) into thin air. And then the other one shoots him with a blaster, and he drops the, the lightsaber. So then David Hasselhoff says, I got this. And so he starts fighting with them. The look on David Hasselhoff's face when he's fighting with them is... So wild because it's just like a very like <laughs> like it's like like neutral. Like there's nothing to yes. it. Like it's like <laughs> mm.
0: <laughs> And he is whoever did the fight direction, it's clearly like traditional like fencing. Yeah but, like, with a lightsaber, which was so funny to watch because he's, like, parrying and, like, doing great... He has great form. Uh, He just happens to, like, have a space weapon. And his
1: very fluffy hair is, like, barely moving, but, like, still has some movement.
0: Everybody in this movie, like, the costume design is a lot of, like, unitards and a lot of, like, pleather and... uh, But in this scene, they all have on these, like, almost, like, medieval... Yes. Yeah. that kind of like go over the front and <laughs> the back of their body very much like sandwich board poster but then they have like a crotch piece that is almost like a sumo kind of yeah. like thong like a diaper thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they're wearing these like tabard onesies
1: <laughs> it makes no sense it just all makes absolutely no sense oh god it's so good but we find out like at the end of it like Acton shoves one of the robots into the beep-boops and, like, Mm -hmm. it explodes. (laughs) That's that's it. And then we find out that Acton's like, here is where I die.
0: (laughs) Right, because remember, he can see the future, so he, like, knew this was coming. And he's been making kind of, like, ominous statements of, like, we must trust our destiny. Yes. And people are like, what do you mean? He's like, there is no time. (laughs) Lots of just like vagaries like that, and then he's finally like, "This is where I yeah. die." And they have a, a a nice moment where they're like, "Oh my god, I don't want you to die too, because my other friend just got beaten to death by cave people." And she says, "What does she say as he's dying?" She says, "Like, um, you are, you are, you were my most human-like friend." <laughs> she says something to, and up until this point, like. We have no idea that this person is not He was referred
1: to as an alien once, and it was, like, really quick. And so you couldn't have caught it. And so you're like,
0: yeah, because he's a human, right? Or, <laughs> <laughs> like, at very least he's, like, a wizard. Which, like, I, like, wouldn't say, like, is non-human. That seems like human plus. Well, he's
1: supposed to be, like, for me, I think he's supposed to be, like, the Obi-Wan. Like, kind of, like, Jedi knight and stuff. But like, yeah. But yeah, you were my most human friend, and I'm like, he has a crazy hairdo, but like, it's pretty fine. (laughs)
0: It's not that crazy, right? It just looks like somebody. You're like, okay, you're that guy. (laughs) So he he dies, and his he kind of like joins the great like microwave force of the universe. (laughs) He kind of like turns into like blue squiggles and just like fades away. (laughs) Yes, very Obi Wan. (laughs) And so it's at this point that Zartharn comes back in and is like, I've trapped you. Well, no, I guess that was all before yeah. this. He was like, I've trapped you and I'm g- this weapon is going to self-destruct. Yes. And it's going to blow you up. And the Emperor is coming to celebrate with you or save you, one of the two. <laughs> the Emperor is coming here too. And when he gets here, that's, that's when it's all going to blow, blow up. up. Because
1: I want to be Emperor of space i guess
0: <laughs> right it's yeah then we really kind of find out what his mo. this because we don't he hasn't really told us like what yeah. he wants he just like has a weapon and doesn't want to get <laughs> caught but now he's like i'll blow up the emperor and then i will be master of the yes. universe <laughs> so like i guess we're led to believe that like christopher Plummer is the current master of <laughs> I the guess entire universe.
1: Like, I guess it's kind of, like... But so, after Acton, like, disappears, they literally just turn around, and there's Christopher Plummer with, like, <laughs> yes. with, like soldiers, and he's like, I found you. <laughs> and they're just like, this thing's gonna blow up and everything, and he's like, it's okay. <laughs> and he's, he tells this, their spaceship to, like, freeze time. <laughs>
0: So this was a, a – there's, like, a, a gif of this that I saw being passed around, like, when Christopher Plummer passed, uh-huh. like, in remembrance of him was this gif where he – yeah, so he comes in, and then, like, Stella walks up to him very casually, yeah. and she's like, we're going to explode in 48 <laughs> seconds. And I was like, all right, like, no more urgency for that. And he's like, it's okay. You think I would be the emperor if I didn't have some power? Oh, yeah. And he, like, yeah, he, like, looks up and he's, like, I command you to halt the flow of time. <laughs> and he says, the, like, the green laser will hold for three minutes while we can make our escape. <laughs> so, essentially, like, we'll freeze all of this so we can get off this planet and zoom away in three it minutes. It was that easy.
1: <laughs> like, it was that easy. And so they get, like, pulled up onto the ship. They They escape. And now they're, like,
0: after Zarthon's, like, hand ship. His ship. We haven't even talked about that. He travels in a gigantic claw. <laughs> like, you know those chairs that you see in hotel oh, lobbies? Yes, yes. <laughs> like, it's like that, but metal, and has big pointy fingers, and that is the shape of his hand. So, if you didn't know that he was evil because of his eyebrows or his goatee, you know that he's or evil because he travels in a hand.
1: <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, but so they, like, they go after him. But again, this is, like, <laughs> none of them really go after him. They just, like, watch other spaceships attack him.
0: <laughs> this is my second favorite sequence of the movie. So, you, the whole time you've, like, been led to believe that, like, we are trying to destroy the yeah. weapon. So, like, the weapon is destroyed. And then you, like, look at the time code and it's like, oh, wait, there's still 20 minutes yes. left of this movie. And you're like, okay, I guess this is not no. over. So then this next sequence where they're launching the ships to like go chase after Zartharn's evil hand <laughs> is infinitely long, it's so long. As they are they are <laughs> launching ship after ship. They launch like three ships, and then you see three ships zoom past the camera horizontally. And then they kind of zoom diagonally. <laughs> and then they launch another ship, and then that one goes horizontally and then diagonally. Like they are it seems at this point like. The way that, like, when you sometimes, like, read Dickens and you're like, mm, you got paid by the order now. <laughs> right? It's like, were you trying to, like, did you have to sell a certain amount of they, minutes?
1: It because obviously had to be 90 minutes long. Like, it had to have been.
0: But they have so many other they- <laughs> plot points that, like, could have been expounded upon why this, like... I she just, was, I'm very much like Elle Woods. I'm like, why now? Why this sperm? Why this sperm?
1: <laughs> we spent we spent two minutes barely on her twelve hours in prison. Like, <laughs> why do we feel like? Why couldn't we have expounded upon other elements of? I just like it was wild, and again, like it does, it does blow your mind because the whole thing about Star Wars is. We see Luke blow up the death star, and so it's like we see our hero do this what our hero in this movie does is like kind of like she shows up on the ship or something and like hits like pl- plants a bomb and jumps off right it's what happens
0: so so they like yeah they like send all these ships to the evil claw yeah. and then they lose on the evil claw. Mm-hmm. So then Christopher Plummer is like, we only have one other option. It's a 4th four-dimensional attack. (laughs) He, like, pulls something else kind of crazy out of his ass. And then, like, the prince is like, no, not that. And he's like, we have to. And that's, like, the only mention of, like, why it's a (laughs) four-dimensional attack. They're like, we have to. There's this other thing that you haven't heard of called the Rainbow... Or the Floating City. Yes. <laughs> right? And then the... So, that's like... They have to use the Floating City to then try and crash that into... Yes. Zarthar's claw. right. Yes.
1: The Floating <laughs> City. Which she pilots, Stella, because she is mm-hmm. the best pilot. And mm-hmm. uh, she's on there with a new L. We have brought back L, and it is a new
0: version of him. <laughs> he got put back together. All the King's horses and all the quits, king's men could put this country robot back together in I mean, how how much time has I since he got clubbed to death by the I have No clue.
1: Also, like did did like the prince be like uh with my brain I tell my soldiers to pick him up and put him back together. Like it makes no sense. And so yeah, she ends up on the city with him and they just like fly it into and she <laughs> into the hand and she like jumps out a window. And that's like how it's all <laughs>
0: Yeah, that's like her big character moment of like saving the day is she yeah puts it on like a it's a very like laura dern moment except she leaves the ship
1: (laughs) she like like, like, (laughs) and also doesn't Al be like
0: yeah like when he jumps (laughs) and this floating city is like something Mm -hmm. we've never heard of before it's like never seen it yeah and then we finally get this shot of it and it looks like it's like if Lisa Frank tried to make microchips for computers. <laughs> like it is the most like rainbow technicolor like pile of boopy beepy trash. Like it does look actually pretty cool yeah. as like a lot of the miniatures and model work. Yeah. Like I love the color palette of I, this movie. It's like, very saturated. Yes,
1: I miss miniatures in films. I miss the use of miniatures in films because they are fun and like we didn't even touch on the fact that the. Opening of this film with showing the miniature like flying is just such a blatant ripoff of
0: Star Wars.
1: Like shot for shot.
0: (laughs) Yes. So yeah, like the final act of this movie is like just such a just such a letdown. (laughs) Like I'm, I'm so mad that this, like, there is more of this movie. Because, like, it shouldn't... It should just end after they blow up the weapon. So, then, yeah, I guess they, like, crash the city into Zarthar's ship. And he says, like, no! And then blows up. Which we haven't even talked about, like, his lair. So, he has, like, an evil fortress that has a fireman's pole in it. <laughs> <laughs> Which, like... Again, I think this movie was written by children. Because, <laughs> like, can you imagine if, like... The Death Star, like, had a fireman's pole? The Death Star or, like,
1: the Millennium Falcon had, like, those spiral staircases, you
0: know? And, <laughs> or, like, Han Solo's just like, I know, I'll take a slide. <laughs> <laughs> like, it felt like very much that choice. Like, there's a clear working staircase, like, four feet to the left, and some of these soldiers are, like, going down the fireman's pole.
1: <laughs> Imagine if a spaceship was the McDonald's play place. Like, that is... Like,
0: <laughs> yes but it's still the color palette was that of like an imperial <laughs> yeah session. exactly like it is that neutral like gray and red <laughs> but like all of the design is like far too fu- it also kind of like was giving me like um interior of the brady bunch yes, yes. <laughs> like that kind of like multi-level yeah. like staircase with no uh, like uh banister kind of situation wild.
1: it's just like every choice about this film you're just like what? How? Where?
0: <laughs> and Ugh. I, I think that's like I, I don't know like how like how much time we have. I think that is something that like I think is a really interesting question uh, beyond like plot summary of like what is it about this film that is joyous, I, right? Or like what what draws us to work that is like think, this because it, we should not be drawn no, to it.
1: We shouldn't. There is, it's such a wild level of commitment that they all have to this, where it's, like, half-assed commitment, but, like, it feels full-assed, <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, like, they are so... I think what you said is so perfectly about, like, their actors acting to be humans acting in this film. <laughs> like, they're trying to, like, figure it all out, which is, I think... Some of the qualities we love about bad movies or like, you know, bad just anything, like, is the fact that there's so much the trying is there, you know?
0: And I so I watched this movie again <laughs> this morning and I was like taking notes and about like I was like, this is just like such a very pure example of camp. Yes and like pure camp. And I was also thinking like usually when I think about things that are campy i think of things that have a little bit more of like like feminine energy to yeah. them but like this movie doesn't have no that. there's i i agree with you
1: i think all camp inherently has queerness to it like there's an element mm-hmm. of queerness in all camp honestly there's nothing like there's nothing not even the costumes like we laugh about the like collar on the bathing suit and stuff but like it's not it's not fashion <laughs>
0: No, they're not fantastic. No, like, the costumes that, are bad.
1: And, like, it's very, like, it, like it centers around this woman, but she's not written in any spectacular way. <laughs> and, like, it's just, like, I'm, like, there's no queerness to this. So, like, but why do we still love it?
0: <laughs> and, like, yeah, the villain kind of sucks. Like, he's not even, he's not even- like, faggy <laughs> in any way. Like, he's he's just boring he's
1: not vincent price it, you know what i mean
0: like if- <laughs> i do know what you mean <laughs> no and like he he has a cape that he's very proud yeah. of so like that's great <laughs> um but yeah and i was i it just kind of got me thinking about like um things that like are still campy and feel queer but potentially like also feel safe and, like, accessible for people who are not allowed to, like, access things that are coded as, like, feminine. Yeah. And so I was thinking about, like, things like pro-wrestling and, like, schlocky sci-fi yes. and schlocky horror and things that, like, do also have feminine energy about yeah. them. But, like, they're a different kind of category of camp. And, yeah. And then, then, so then I, like, pulled out notes on camp and I was like, okay, well, <laughs> how does this apply? And the thing that... I just came back to, which I think you were totally spot on talking about The Room earlier, is, like, she's talking about Camp as, like, the the theatricalization of experience. And, like, exactly what you said is, like, we're watching people try to make a movie, and we are watching people who really do believe that they're doing it, and we're watching something that has motherfucking ambition. Right? They, like... They didn't try to make some indie film like in an apartment with an iPhone, yeah. right? They were like, we are making a A-list sci-fi movie with some big actors yeah. here. well,
1: like, it was supposed to be, like, a launching pad for, like, all of them. The um Stella had just done a Bond movie and was a Bond girl and stuff. And that was still, like, a really big deal whenever you were. And I still think kind of is, but, like... Back then, it was like, "Oh my God, you're a Bond girl!" And then the uh the Amazonian Queen, who is the top billed person, by the way,
0: she is she's the top
1: billed person, and she's barely in this movie. Is like some Italian film star, like was supposed to like this was going to be her introduction to American audiences, and we were all going to be like, "This is the new Sophia Loren," and like this is like it, you know, and like it. There is like. The energy that they're like, oh my god, this is great. Like, we're gonna really fucking deliver. And
0: it's just not there. (laughs) No, and, like, it is... I think especially, like, in, like, viewing it from someone who's, like, always lived in a post-Star Wars world. (laughs) Yes. Like, it is mind-blowing to, like, see this kind of like um, failed attempt at something like yeah. that when it feels like this, it feels like there could be very easy, like tweaks yeah. to make this thing a little bit more successful. Yes. But like at every turn, those were avoided or not thought of. And like, Almost I just, I love that. Like, so. we, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. And we like really see like, we see the effort of a lot of people and something that like has stuck around and clearly like you can find it all over YouTube in a bunch of different it, languages. It like clearly people, like, there's a yes. crush too. <laughs> that is on my notes. I have never seen it. I would love to watch it sometime.
1: Oh, it, it is really like, it is fascinating to address this kind of style. And also the thing that you bring up that's so smart is we we grew up in a post-Star Wars world. So when this movie came out, it was just a few years after A New Hope, like not too long after. Was there... I wonder if there was anything about this movie that made people go, whoa, (laughs) like, you know, but like, you see critical response, and it was not good. Like, people did not like this movie.
0: (laughs) No. And, but, and like, what's this, the the man who did the soundtrack, it was John Barry, who like, did Bond films. Like, there were, again, so many things that this movie had going for it, and like, it had a, relatively sizable budget yeah there was
1: like a lot of like, stuff put behind it it is it is a really fascinating but i do think it does kind of share that quality of the room where it's just like you were just watching people try so hard <laughs>
0: like <laughs> yeah and and i think i looping back to what we were talking about this show that we worked on before yes was like a show that was like about kind of like shadow casting movies and like watching queer cinema and kind of like adding and commenting on it. And I think that element of like um, performance and like um, a very, let me gather my thoughts here for a second. Performing something and potentially intentionally falling short of what the standard Uh is feels like something that is very queer.
1: I love that. Yes, you are so right.
0: (laughs) And that I think, specifically in relation to Star Wars, that is how that's kind of where this movie lives for me. Right of like it is like the little brother or sister or little sister <laughs> who is like sitting in front of like the screen and is like shadow casting is like watching star wars and is like well this is how I'm going to try and do that. Yes.
1: Oh my god. And like yes. all I want
0: you to do is be like wow, you did <laughs> it. You know what I mean? And they, like, didn't, but but that's okay, right? Because, like, it still, like, is something that brings us joy. It's,
1: it's a little kid performing in front of the family at, like, some event, and everybody goes, oh, yay. <laughs> and, like,
0: but it's also, like, it it does actually have, like, genuine, there is a genuineness to that. Yeah. It, because I feel like that could easily come off as, like, patronizing of, like, oh, you did it, you little <laughs> idiot. And it's, like, that's actually not, like, what we're applauding no. is, like, you made a thing. Yeah. And you may, you used want big, yeah. right? And that, like, has value. And another thing that, like, struck me when I was reading this chapter in the Sontag essay was, like, she always says that, like, camp turns its back on the good-bad axis. Yeah. And, like, invites us to um, critique art on, like, its own, on a different scale. Yeah. Right? So, like, yes, if we're using good-bad, this movie is is bad, yeah. <laughs> right? But, like, if we use a scale that is different than that, right, then we start to, like, actually be able to see, the like, the human energy that went into a movie yes. like this, and that, like, is honestly, like, empowering and motivating and makes me want to make a sci-fi movie. <laughs> but
1: there is, like, I mean, there is some elements of, like, wow, this is, like, you really did try something. Like, the fact that the lead, this, like, smuggler, this, like, nefarious n- Uh, notorious, like, uh, bad person in the space that police were after and stuff is this gorgeous woman. Like, there is something to that where you're like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, you are, like, you gave us Han Solo, but Han Solo as a woman. And, like, that's interesting. And, but then, like, there's so many other elements that you're just like, where did you come up with that? Or, like, why would you ever think of that? I mean, the fact that the robot has a southern dialect, like, what is that choice? Like, what do we do? That robot,
0: (laughs) that robot was Stella's husband, the actress's husband, (laughs) is the one who does the robot voice. (laughs) And he is he's a musician. I like skimmed his Wikipedia page. Apparently, he like is a like a surf rock musician.
1: Oh my God! <laughs> this is wild. Like that is so crazy. But the fact that it gave us something to have an emotional response to is just enough for us. Like, it is about the swinging bag and whether you hit it or not like it's fine because you just went for it <laughs> like and that's kind of fun
0: and i and i also think that that like there is a difference between that and like a participation ribbon yes right like because a participation ribbon like feels empty and it also feels like it's designed to like make you feel special yeah. and like that is different than acknowledging like hey, you made something here and there wasn't anything here. And like that process is difficult and has value.
1: Yep. You're so right. Oh, I love that. I love that. That's such a, that's such a beautiful, you know, kind of outlook of like, why do we just love these stuff? Like, why is this so entertaining to us? And I think that there is a lot more nuance than we even know of why these things really just appeal to us. And also, more specifically, like, queer people. Like, we just love these kind of things. Like, we just love the, like, the the failures. We love the failures, you know? It's really interesting.
0: And there was also, like, a moment that really stuck out to me was, like, For the first, like, 20 minutes of the movie, they're, like, all on sets, and it's all, like, indoor. And then the first time, when she escapes from prison, the first shot you see is her, like, running through, like, a an actual, like, cornfield. (laughs) And it's really... The shot is really jarring, because it's the first time we've seen this character, like, in the real world with things that feel real for us. And I thought that was, like a really cool moment of like seeing this person escape and now they're like in nature and in a world that was like entirely artifice. And then here they are in a, in a cornfield. It was like, I was like, there's an idea there that I want to like pursue that also feels, yeah. Again, there's so much to be said about this movie and like, um, um, impersonation Mm -hmm. and artifice and, like, levels of stylization that just are exciting to
1: me. I love that. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> that's so good. Oh, uh, Okay. Well, Connor, let's go ahead. And, well, real quick, any last points about the film?
0: Let me, like, okay, flip. <laughs> I'm just going to flip through my notes here and see if there's anything. No, please. Um Oh, one of the first lines of the film, they describe someplace as a barren desert of whiteness.
1: Yes, and I wrote, No kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I was like, uh, boy stop, is that what we're talking about? Like <laughs> Um, okay, there are there are a couple like dialogue choices that I were that just brought me a lot of joy. Um in that they felt um, just written in a different time. <laughs> like another one of the lines is, "We'll scan them with our computer waves." <laughs> like instead of just saying, "Like we will scan the yeah. ship," like, like like we had to like let them. Know, oh, we have computer <laughs> waves. Like there, it felt like there was a little bit of like flexing and posturing to like let you know. Okay, well, <laughs> here's what we're gonna scan <laughs> them with. And the same way that she she refers to hyperspace. Mm. And then in a way that I've never heard it in sci-fi, she refers to normal space. (laughs) She's like, well, we're entering back into normal space. What's the
1: opposite of hyperspace? Normal
0: space. (laughs) Right. Where it's like, usually people say we're exiting hyperspace. And that's it. Right. They never say like, entering normal space. And yeah, I think that that is something that's verbiage that I'm gonna take there on. S- like when I go to the grocery store, I'm like, okay, entering normal space. It's just
1: like, especially with Stella and uh, Al, there are these weird like phrases and choices of words that are just like, <laughs> like. Okay, like I know I've never personally been to space, but I know nobody like talks like this. Like one right. of my favorites is at the very beginning of the movie when Acton and Stella are like first in the ship, like Acton like says something and Stella goes, All
0: right, alright. <laughs> like and I'm like, <laughs> <Yeah>. What? <laughs> yes and there's another she they like look out the window and he says do you see that and then she says what in the universe yes! <laughs> that immediately it took me to xenon yes! it took me to xenon yeah. and I was like that is like not too far of a comparison here as far as like the world building yeah. goes <laughs>
1: um
0: oh the, the when they get imprisoned mm-hmm. They get imprisoned, they get sentenced by this like sentient brain in a jar with like tentacles. Yeah, that
1: looks a and lot like Donald Trump. <laughs> <I> was-
0: <laughs> yes. Donald Trump ex martha Yes. Trump. Like Krang. Like <laughs> Yes. Yes. So he's like pronouncing their sentence and he uh at one he's like We, we've, you know, we've been following you for many months now. We've studied all the videotapes.
1: (laughs) There are videotapes in
0: space. I was like, you're an interdimensional brain in a jar. And you're telling me that you're still (laughs) studying all the videotapes.
1: They have, they actually have like a rewinder that's in the shape of like a spaceship, and they just kind of put the video, the VHS (laughs) down.
0: (laughs) Oh, Oh, God. Um, (laughs) Um, I forgot about that. Oh, there's one moment where it's a clear, clear improv line. They're in the cavern and. They're like trying to get away from something, and he's like, "Which way should we go?" Oh no! And then she goes, "This way looks safe." <laughs> <laughs> she like just kind of like like trips over a rock, and she's like, "This way looks safe." Like the most naturalistic delivery she, that I've ever heard. She from also her. has
1: a good line that I think was improvised too, where after L saves her from the Amazonian queen, and she goes, "Oh, gee, Elle, thanks." I didn't know you had it in ya. <laughs> I'm like, oh, no, she goes, LL, you're terrific. <laughs> I didn't know you had it in ya. And I was like, what?
0: <laughs> and then, the, I guess the last thing I, I want to talk about, especially, like, in light of his recent passing, was, like, that final Christopher Plummer monster oh, yeah. that he delivers straight to you. <laughs> <Canada. laughs> Like I mean what what do you have any thoughts on that like how did that resonate with well, you Well
1: I immediately thought of Judy Dench and Cats where
0: like <laughs> she is singing directly at
1: you I don't know it is a wild Christopher Plummer in this movie is just uh, just such a wild choice and such a wild like moment but I always whenever somebody like straight to camera just delivers a monologue I am immediately just like I get so paranoid and scared. I'm like, (laughs) ah! Because like the first time I saw Cats, I had taken an edible before I saw it. And so, at the (laughs) time... Of course. (laughs) And at the time, like... And it was in in a theater with two of my best friends from high school. And when she did that, when she looked directly at us and started singing about cats, I just was like, no, 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 no. That's that's how I feel. Just about any
0: any time somebody directly looks into camera, it goes <laughs> I'm like, eh. and because he like essentially his like final monologue is like, and so space is at peace <laughs> for now <gasps> mm-hmm. until another evil rises again, and like he, it's very clear that like he's a talented oh, actor, yeah. but like. Yeah, it's just, it feels like it hits this, like, very strange, like, almost, like, the only genuine part of the movie that, like, is, like, suddenly now, like, trying to give us a message about, like, the persistence of evil and, like, the continued good of, like, trying to fight there is a constant
1: fight, like, going on all times, like, good versus evil kind of thing. Yeah, it is
0: weird. And, like, because he's the only one who, like has any sort of, like, acting ability that is perceivable in this movie. Like, it really is such a strange little, like... To me, it, like, felt like almost like Brechtian in a way of, like... You've seen this whole thing that was, like... Clearly, we are telling you a story. Mm -hmm. And now, like, I'm talking to you. And I'm the emperor of the universe. And I'm directly looking at you in the camera. And, like, it was, like... I just felt like I was like, am I sad? Yeah, it's like hopeful. Like I don't know.
1: Equivalent of like lights down, spotlight just on him, and he just like walks center stage and like just delivers to you the audience. Like this is the story that we have just witnessed, you know. And here's here's how we should prepare for the next time it happens. And
0: yeah, it is. We mortals have offended. (laughs) Like. And that's like where this thing I'm kind so of lands <laughs> and it's such a strange button oh God. that like it, because it then it calls the whole thing into question for me because I'm like, wait, so did you know that the movie was bad? like did you know that you were perf- like did you know? And I mean I yeah. think
1: I think he knew definitely. <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I think he knew from the moment so, he saw the script and was like, great. Rome?
1: Okay. <laughs> Just like, I I'm love there. Rome. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, that's so good. Oh. Well, Connor, let's go ahead and add the film Star Crash into our Book of Gods. <laughs> Book of Gods. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. So to wrap things up, let's go ahead to our gags of the week. So I've decided from now on, I'm going to let the guests go first on this because this prevents me stealing anybody's gag (laughs) again because I've done that before. (laughs) So, Connor, what is your gag of the week?
0: I, okay, my gag of the week is um, is going to be blood work. <laughs> so I had to, I'm starting a new position, and I had to Ooh. go, and it's at a hospital, <sighs> and I had to go get blood work to ensure that I had uh, all the proper immunities <laughs> to work in this hospital, and I am a little baby when it comes to needles. Oh, yeah. I don't... Do I do not do any needles? I don't do it. And so, listen like, up,
1: Dracula. I'm not getting a tattoo. <laughs> I'm not.
0: I'm not getting a tattoo. I'm not getting blood work. I'm not putting it in my body. Or nope, I will be on the floor, and you will send me home because apparently that's a weakness. That I'm like, cool. Thanks, subconscious, for making me weak. <laughs> um. So I like go in, and I'm very nervous. <laughs> And, like, the phlebotomist, like, comes out, and she's like, cons. And I was like, oh, right over here. So I, like, gather my stuff and, like, walk over. And this old man is, like, walking up, and he's like, did you say Hunter? (laughs) (laughs) And the phlebotomist turns around. She points directly at him, and she goes, not you. (laughs) To this, like, old man who, like, didn't hear properly. But, like, I got all this subtext that was, like, He's in here every day and he's always trying to steal people's appointments. She like, "Don't you." No. And then so I was like I just started laughing and I was like, "You I was like, "You you did that. You told him that he is not coming back here." And she was like, "You weren't supposed to do that." <laughs> so then we like I was like, "Okay, cool. My phlebotomist is cool. Like seems like she's gonna she's gonna be good." And then I kind of told her, I was like, look, I'm really nervous. I am a passer-outer. She was like, okay, great. I know just what to do. Sit, sit down. <laughs> like, okay. So like, sit down and there's like a bar that comes <laughs> yes. down. And I was like, is this a roller coaster? Like, <laughs> And then, so then she like does it and she's talking to me. She's like, so what do you do? What are you getting But this... like doing all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. You're distracting me and I will take the yeah. bait. I love it. And so I just started blah, 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 <laughs> blah. And we're going, and then I'm still talking, and I can still feel her kind of moving my arm around doing stuff. And then I was like, okay, just heads up. Like, I am feeling a little bit lightheaded. (laughs) And then she was like, baby, we're (laughs) done. And I was like, what? And she was like, oh, we done that. I was just like, letting you you have your moment. Oh, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, she was like, we got it all. And I was like, oh, my God, I did it. So I didn't pass out. She took all my blood. And I made new friends. <laughs> I love that. I uh
1: I have had so much blood work done <laughs> in my life because as a as a fat person, uh, they constantly feel like something's going on with my blood. And then they're like, Oh, you're fine. And I'm like, Yeah, because you're judging me because, because you think this, but anyway, you're judging
0: me and stealing my yes. blood. But
1: anyway, it's just, they've been doing it so much on me that I'm just like, eh, whatever. But, uh, I do love the tool of distraction, my favorite that I've ever endured myself. So my father's a doctor, and I would go to his office before, like, school and stuff to get, like, shots or whatever I needed to, like, physical or whatever. Mm -hmm. And when I was very young, I had to get, like, a booster shot or, like, something before going to to school. And (laughs) I was so scared. And the nurse was like, well, if you're scared, like, tell me about something that you've done recently or that you've, like that you've seen recently and just like tell me all about it and my dad goes we just saw twister tommy you want to tell her about the movie twister and i was like there was a cow (laughs) 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 and it starred helen hunt (laughs) and i'm like like crying (laughs) retelling the plot of twister (laughs) And she was like, okay, we're done. And I was just like, there's still so much story to tell of Twister. <laughs> we don't know how it ends. <laughs> we thought that the aunt was dead, but she's alive. It's fine. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. Oh, I love that.
0: I, okay, this is weird that you bring up Twister. I was just watching an interview with John Waters. He was talking about Wizard of Oz. <laughs> And then like in this interview, he was like, and that cyclone scene is way better than Twister. (laughs) Twister doesn't have any He like started like ragging on Twister, and I was like, He has a damn
1: he has it out for John (laughs) DeBond. Like
0: it's like a very. He was like, There's only room for one John in this industry. (laughs) It's me.
1: Oh, I love that. That's a great
0: gag of the week. Good blood work. (laughs) And guess what? I bet that one is not gonna double dip on yours.
1: My gag of the week that I would like to share is, and I, especially with you here, I need to know if you've seen this or if you are planning on seeing it or whatever, but um, the movie Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. (laughs) I
0: haven't haven't seen it yet, but I've been, I've heard it's It's great. It's so...
1: Good. I've seen it twice. I bought this movie twice. I rented this movie twice. Do I have the money for that? No. But I, because I needed it, like, it is such a silly movie. And I specifically say silly instead of stupid, because it's not stupid. It is incredibly silly. And the way that the movie is written and performed is just really smart comedy (laughs) like it's just really smart and I just love that we have this like really ridiculous um, it's compared to movies like Austin Powers like that kind of silliness Mm -hmm. and absurdism that's driven by two women and two characters that are specifically middle aged women and they talk about being middle aged but the way that they address these women they're not sad sacks they're not depressing they're like they're fully lived in and just like so lovely and charming and like it's just it's such a good movie i cannot i cannot recommend it enough to people like absolutely worth it what's it on it is you can rent it on either like amazon or on itunes anywhere that you rent a video on demand i don't know if like Later on, down the month, they might, like, lower the price or, like, something like that. Because I do think it's, like, making money. Um <laughs> I guess you could go see it in theaters, but, like, why would you right now? Please don't. But, um yeah. Barb and Star, Go to Vista Del Mar is absolutely a gag. Like, I, I have spoken about it with numerous friends just randomly texting, being, like, quoting already. And, like... High school me would have been obsessed with this movie all the time.
0: (laughs) You know, do you feel like you're more of a barb? I am
1: absolutely a barb. (laughs) Like (laughs) Annie Mumolo, who plays her, is so brilliant, and there's so many elements to her that I'm like, oh, that's that's me. (laughs) That's me. There's just a lot of like the absurdism of some of the jokes just really fucking land, and like. It like, I'm just, I'm just like, oh my God, that's so ridiculous. How did you think of that? And I learned that they originally wrote Bridesmaids kind of more absurdism than what it was, mm. which is really interesting to think about.
0: And like, I'm happy to see that kind of like high production, <laughs> high concept, or like a lot of, um, specific production needs i'm happy to see movies like that. yeah
1: i know i know and there's like it's if you can watch it with uh you know like your roommate or your friend or your partner that you're living with or something i highly recommend because the more people you like watch with the more enjoyable it is um obviously it's safe and like if y'all have been you know quarantining together yeah but like i um, I watched it, I the second time I watched it, I watched it with my roommate, and there were so many times where something would happen and he would just look at me and he'd be like, what is this movie? <laughs> and I'm like, I know, it's so ridiculous, it's so silly. But yes, that is my gang of the week. <laughs> so
0: Amazing. <laughs> okay, well, I'll watch yes, it. Yes,
1: please do. I Especially you. I think
0: you would just, like, fucking <laughs> love it. <laughs> I like, yeah. I saw, I got a, a featured ad for it or something. And at first, I was like, "What is this? Is this real?" I was like, "Is this like an ad pretending to be an ad?" Like, are they ch- what's no? What they
1: this? know their audience.
0: They knew exactly. Okay, great,
1: great. <laughs> uh, Connor, this was so wonderful. I just, uh, I just really love this, and I also just feel so robbed from this past year of like more experiences with you, because I feel like I was this close to having more with you, and so I'm so excited that this happened. Well,
0: we are hopefully <laughs> going to make it out of this, and those experiences will be there. Please. I am very happy to, like... Because I think it takes a specific kind of person to, like, be willing to, like, find the joy in something that could, for other people, be, an un like, a joyless movie. Yeah. Right? Something that is, like, almost unwatchable. I I fucking
1: love this now. I'm all about Star
0: Crash. (laughs) And that's, I feel, I feel like it is so good at being in that specific vein of, like, good, bad, happy to watch this, but, like, some people just don't vibe with that, so it is such a joy to be able to share that and just, like, sit here and laugh about this thing because sitting around and laughing is not something I do all that much these days. (laughs) Um, if it is, it's so, more in, like, a maniacal way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, like, just, like, looking at myself in the mirror, and I'm, like, ding, dang dong. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm questioning, like, is is you in there? Are you still here? Connor? <laughs> <laughs> Knocking on the mirror. You can come out now. <laughs> what? <Blah. laughs> Yes. Oh,
1: what what is happening right now? What are you are you working on anything are you creating? Because I know that you were doing
0: some digital shows. Yes. So I guess the next couple things I'm working on, I'm doing a couple digital shows here and there. Um the best way to find out about that is probably just follow me on Instagram at ConnorCons. Yes. Um I'm gonna have some new merch coming out. <gasps> <Ooh>. What? <laughs> Um, I've got, I'm finalizing some designs on two stickers. Um, so very like low buy-in merch, but I think they're really cute. So one of them has chicken bat on it and the other has Nosferatu on it, which is another one of my favorite characters. And it's, I got this beautiful custom art and it's Nosferatu dramatically lounging on a (laughs) piano. And then the text above it says, too old to be this. Oh my (laughs) God. (laughs) And I just could i'm enamored with the design so i'm i'm doing that and then hopefully i'll have some other stuff i'm trying to work on a couple solo projects but you know how that is it's just like one day i'm like i am every i am the gift i am the only present i'm frankincense gold and Myrrh, baby and then the next day i'm like yikes okay
1: I love that that is so true. I get that. I totally get that. That's why like that's why I do this now, and I'm just like, I'll just stick with the podcast for now. <laughs> like,
0: um, we we are coming back with Geek House. Uh, that's our monthly digital drag show, so you can see that. um, usually the last Friday of every month, but you know, we're changing up a little bit now. <laughs> Um, no, nobody has gee, regulations anymore. <laughs> like, nobody, yeah, <laughs> nobody remembers what Friday is. Um, so uh, you can catch us roughly once a month, and we're always doing um, some fun, stupid stuff. We're doing a restream. We did a Geek Out show last night, so we're doing a restream in two weeks, so be on the lookout for that. If you didn't see it, we're going to be showing all those videos again, <laughs> and it's John Waters themed, and it is just... I flipping.
1: don't know how I missed that. Oh my god, I can't wait to watch. it. So, I just... I love what y'all do over there because obviously I feel a kinship with like fandom and queerness because I feel like there's just an intersectionality between those two things. And yeah. I love that like, like what you do specifically as like drag performance is like really fascinating because it's not like gender drag. It's like a fandom drag, you know, like you are taking fandom to the extreme like how other drag takes like gender to the extreme, and it's just really fascinating. And like th- these bitches thought
0: they were doing Baby Yoda before you did, <laughs> like honey, you were the first. <laughs> <laughs> I've got these Baby Yoda arms just like chilling in my apartment, and I've looked at them several times. I'm I'll like, never forget. Do I throw these <laughs> out? Do I throw these? Am I is am I gonna be ba- doing Baby Yoda w- back when this? pandemic
1: is over when, like when we did that event for for all humans i was like i was like looking at people and stuff because like obviously i knew some of the people involved but i was still like learning because i was such an outsider to you know you all in your community and everything so i was like who are these folks and i just see your like makeup skills and it was just like <laughs> and it's like oh my god and then, and then baby yoda was like one of the first things i saw and i was like okay i like this
0: person a lot thank you i think i think a lot of people are like when they encounter it are like what is that like and and that's half of my like excitement in doing it is like right you don't yeah. know what it is right which means that I'm in <laughs> control here. And as an artist, I like that. Right, I like to be able to like put you in a place where you're like, I don't know what I'm see? about to see. Because then it also like gives me a little bit more freedom. I'm like, cool. So I can do whatever I want. And you don't have uh, expectations.
1: I love it. I love that. And I feel like the art form of drag is such a place where that is so accessible to like truly tell the audience, be like, fuck you, I'm just doing this. And like you don't have to get it, but you're going to just like live for it no matter what you know what I mean like
0: truly I yeah and I think my this is an entirely different conversation but I think big fear is that like we are kind of like normalizing and internalizing a very specific narrative of critique sure. because of drag yes. race about like what makes good drag or what you need to see and like I think that is those are valid in certain spaces but they're also like really invalid in yes. other spaces so like it's- that is my fear, like, as a drag performer who, like, does something that is often, like, very different yeah. than, like, what other people are doing is, like, wait, but I actually want to watch – I want you to watch what I'm doing and understand that it's not a failed attempt at no. doing that. Like, I'm actually trying to do a, a this other it's thing It's, like, right an
1: evolution of the art. You know what I mean? Like, it's about taking taking the foundation of something that, like, we thought we understood or that we thought, like, these were the rules – and the further we get into an exploration of the history of it and everything, you're like, Oh, there were no rules. There's never been any rules. And like, it's silly for people. It's silly for people <laughs> who are very powerful and have control over quote unquote, like this art form, uh, to try and put rules to it because there are no rules. It's never been about rules. And so that's why like, I just think the stuff that you all do, and, like, that you all... Like, it's truly... Geek House truly is a variety show. Like, you're not gonna get... Like, you don't go there for, like, the same girls doing the same numbers over and over again. You get all kinds of performances. So, it's just... It's great.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and I think that, like, in the same way that, like, you are sometimes gonna get, like, performances of people performing drag yeah. in the same way that we like watch this movie, like people performing, making a movie. Like there's that same kind of like strange distance to it all. You're like, wait, <laughs> who is actually in on the joke here? And is there any joke <laughs> at all? <laughs>
1: like, but the beauty of it too, is that you all have created such an environment where it's safe. Like it's safe to go ahead and do that. It's safe to like, mm-hmm. it's the same thing of like, you know, midnight movies or something. We're all here. We're all here on the joke or maybe not. We're just here to have an experience. And so, yeah. Oh, I yeah. love that. That's beautiful. I,
0: too. <laughs> Ugh, I can't wait to have in-person experiences again. I'm looking forward to having them with oh, you. Yes,
1: please. I love this. Well, Connor, thank you so much for being on here and bringing this incredible piece. I so appreciate it. Mwah. And to everyone else. Hey, Keep on gagging. (laughs) An Absolute Gag is produced and edited by me. Cover art provided by Grace Greenwood at 1310 Studios. Follow her on Instagram at 1310 underscore studios or visit their website at www.1310studios.com. Music provided by Vivera. Find them on Spotify and iTunes. Rate and subscribe to the podcast on all podcatcher apps, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Follow the pod on Instagram and Twitter at pod. Thanks for listening. Now pump it, Queens.